Welcome back, ladies and gents. This is the Texan and Mexican podcast. And today we have our first guest, Carl Freeman. He is a 21-year Army veteran. Yes. And uh, what else? What else? <laughs> what else are you? Uh, I'm too white, I guess. I don't too white. <laughs> yeah. You're a male or a female? <laughs> <laughs> well, nowadays you, I don't think you have to tell anybody what you are. Are you whatever you feel like being? You referring to the Coca-Cola yes. training video? Yes. Now I didn't look too much into it other than like that one power slide that that's said, about don't all they showed. Arrogant, don't be oppressive. Yeah. Yeah. Like what the fuck? Who the fuck are you talking to? I don't know, but that's you know the thing is somebody put that slide up and someone was dumb enough to take a picture of it, and post it. So I should tell you something right there. I mean, somebody was you know kind of ticked off about, it, I guess, or thought it was funny. Took a well, picture. it's hypocrisy. Yeah. That's that's racism. Yeah, it is. So, but yeah, I guess it depends on what color. I guess it's all right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, for it me, seems it's fine. to be the trend. <laughs> can you imagine? Can you imagine? Like I was going down the road the other day, I saw a, a Coke truck parked and he was delivering coke you imagine all the crap he has to go through now especially if you're a white guy you drive the truck oh yeah, no. yeah. hey yeah. Are you less white guy because you know yeah. you look off white hey today. don't be white <laughs> <laughs> everywhere he goes <laughs> whether you're joking or not he's probably getting old shit it's yeah like, Man, i'm getting like, tired of this fuck. crap yeah i know i'm gonna go work for pepsi they don't ever do stupid shit <laughs> yeah and then you get all these people that go online they go well i'm not buying coke in that anymore you know blah 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 that's well, whatever it'll blow over it always does it does so, yeah. they Big companies can do some nasty shit, and they'll eventually get their yeah. customers back. They'll lose a little bit of sales. They'll get it all back. So yeah, yeah. Someone was laughing about they went to the grocery store the other day, and they all the other soda products were like almost empty, and Coca Cola was still full on the shelves. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that was know. true, but I doubt it, that. It'd be funny if it was. Yeah. I doubt it though. People still buy what they like, regardless of how offensive. Yeah, you ever that saw person our company can be. You know how it is around here, like when something's gonna happen, like the snowstorm came, they just cleaned out all the stores. Mm-hmm. And they somebody showed a picture, you said well, they showed a picture where all the the tofu and shit was. Mm-hmm. All of it was still on the shelf. Because mm-hmm. I don't care how bad you are and, and what you people just aren't gonna eat that stuff. It just sits there on the shelf. So it showed a this whole area all cleaned out, but the one section still had all the tofu and the and the you know, whatever crap food the fake they had meat. There. Yeah, plant fake based. meat, all this plant based stuff was all still sitting the there because impossible burgers. Yeah. People <laughs> refused to eat that crap. So it's like, hey, you know. Whatever. Same thing happened during the pandemic at the beginning of the pandemic last year. Mm-hmm. No one bought that stuff. No. But you know, go outside and eat dirt for you eat that stuff, I guess. Beyond Meat. That's who uh, that's the one of the main companies, yeah. Beyond Meat. Yeah, Maybe they got to deal with McDonald's and some McDonald's else. Or Bur- I thought Burger King was the one that had the the, the burger that tasted it, like it, a burger, but it's it, an impossible yeah, it burger. burger. Yeah, Burger. Have you ever tried that? But Beyond I, I, Meats uh-huh. No, I haven't tried. I'm afraid to try mm-hmm. that burger because it's, I don't know. Someone was recommending it the other day. They're like, they tried it and they were like, you really can't tell the difference. And then Dave recommended it. They, they challenged me to try it. And I was like, I don't know. I don't even like burger. Well, King. the thing is this, they you know, suck. you can take whatever and you can make it taste like the burger because you put the flavoring in it, but you don't know what you're eating. You know, it could be, you know, that stuff might come back and haunt you later well, on. They're going through a lawsuit now because they were cooking the plant-based burger patties on the same grill as the meat patties. Yeah. <laughs> Who cares, man? Who cares? It's like the Mr. Potato Head. I know. I haven't read into Mr. it, but Potato I know head. it's... What's that? Okay. You, what? know, you, know, you, know, you know the Mr. Potato Head you buy? You buy the, the oh, pe- the toy? Yeah. You yeah. plug it in. Well, the people that make it uh-huh. said they're no longer going to make it gender-based. Now, you can't buy a Mr. Potato Head. or a Mr. Gen- Potato Head is going to be gender-neutral. So you're going to be able to buy all the parts and just interchange them. So... And that's what they're doing, and it's 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 ridiculous because somebody apparently complained because uh, why you have Mr. Potato Head, Miss why, why can't you know 
so now they're having they're doing that now. Uh, you, yep. know, you know, what else? There's something people else going on too. People don't realize this uh, is what. This oh, is Dr. What, Seuss. Oh, really? Yeah, Dr. Seuss. Yeah, my sister was talking about that one. Yeah, but I that, didn't read on that but one. But you know what? I, I can understand Dr. Seuss because there's six books that are pulling that uh, Dr. Seuss, the people that do it, mm-hmm. aren't going to produce anymore because they show. And I understand because they have they have one picture, and it's mainly it's not the content as far as the wording; it's the the pictures because they show like black guys uh, carrying a, a something, and they're in their, the way they're dressed, like you know they're from the jungles or something like that. And they have uh, Japanese people on there with the buck teeth and the slanted eyes. Oh yeah, and, and I can understand that to a point, but because that's how they treated, the, portrayed them in the yep. '40s during World War II. Yeah, they some racist cartoons well, and Japanese. And, and the funny thing is, you know, <laughs> I watch I watch a lot of Netflix, and I was watching the thing. It's called Five Came Back. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's about, about the documentarian. The, yeah, guys. it's about the producers, the big guys, mm-hmm. uh, John Houston, all those guys that made all the movies back then. They all joined the military and went to war, and. Um, Oh, okay. And they made document documentaries. You know, they made so to show like, you know, back in the day when you go to the theater, they'd show news as before. Yeah, Internet. Newsreels, newsreels and they'd show your movie. Yeah. So and, and they did one had to do with the Japanese and they yeah, because they they, uh, they showed it and it's racist as hell. But back then, you know, that's it was how it was. It was for patriotism because Yeah. And that was war. Like uh uh-huh. it wasn't just Japanese. People need to understand at the time it was imperial Japanese. Japan, well, like, and that's they the, killed everybody. That's the thing because they didn't know when they were making the documentary who do we who are we going against? Are we going against the 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 military or the people or the they they have an emperor? They still have one, I guess. So they so didn't they, so they didn't oh, know. Yeah, they, they, when know. they were making the documentary, they said who are we going to pro- make the bad guy? Is it the emperor, the military, which who what ran Japan back in those days? It was military, yeah, it was, or yeah, the people, the generals, or the people. Yeah, so. They just basically made it. To, I think they. I think most of it showed it was uh, mostly the military because military the way they were. You know, they didn't take prisoners. They rape them, name king. Yes, uh, yes. Some and, real nasty shit, yeah. man. And but that's from back then. And they and mm-hmm. they and the thing is, you know, you're not. You're never going to see that film again. But the National Archives has a copy because they keep it because it's. It's you know, history. It's history. Yeah. You know? And that, and that's a good thing. I mean, it's not good. You know, it's something you need to show. You need to, you need to know where we came from. If you don't remember yeah. where we came from, you're, we're going to repeat it. Like a times a hundred yeah. worse than they. So all this blocking stuff, was. all this you know, taking the statues down and doing this, doing that. You, I don't care what happens. You're not going to erase it. It's still going to be around. Okay, yeah. it's in books. It's it's history. It's like and you they should pull, know they, it. They pulled all the John Wayne movies off. Oh really? Because they said John Wayne was a racist. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. So that Netflix took all his movies off. Yeah. You can't find any John Wayne movies on Netflix anymore because they claim he was racist because of the way he treated. He, he talked about color people and all this other stuff. So somebody got upset. So of course, you know, Netflix is going to bend over backwards mm-hmm. and kiss everybody's ass. They're going to pull the stuff off before they offend anybody. Yeah. And that's what's happening to all these companies, like Mr. Potato Head, uh, you know, Hasbro, whoever it is that does it, uh, the Dr. Seuss books, all that stuff. They're yeah. bowing down to pressure instead of you know. So they're making themselves look good, like we decided to pull the stuff off the shelf, and they are. They're doing no, it before. You let the mob. Do well, it. they know somebody's getting ready to say something yeah. about it, so they hurry up and they take it off and make themselves look good. But it, and I understand that point, but the thing is, the books are already out there, so you can't stop it. They're just not going to make anymore. So, and it, the, the weirdest thing is, I think today is Dr. Seuss's birthday. He would have been 117 years old today, and it just yeah, so was, happened just when his birthday was coming up. So I guess they knew they were going to probably say something about it. So they hurry up and they they announce, "Oh, we're not going to make these books, these six books anymore." But they were made back in the time when you know you World War II going on that stuff like that, and it's that's just back the way in the it was. day, and that's just how the world was like. Yeah. Like uh, 
when I took history at uh, community college, we my teacher taught us that our country and our government did know about the Holocaust camps. Yeah, I mean, in 1942. Yes, they there yeah. there's a. a a cruise ship or some kind of ship like that that was forced to dock off the east coast of the United States filled with Jewish refugees. They were stranded on off the coast of our country for so long that they had to decide to go back to Europe and they all end up in camps because our government yeah, they didn't, didn't let them in. They didn't, they went, I think they went to South America first. I think they went to like Cuba or something like that. And, and the no Cubans said no. Yeah. So the ship came over to, to the east coast or yeah. west, I think east coast. East coast. And they told them, no, we're not taking you. We're and they not. they stayed there for like two or three weeks. Well, they didn't have to go back because they, they, they were going to no run out. And, and they water. got back in there, and they ended up, most of them ended up back in Germany, and most of them ended up dead. Yep. yep. Ended so, up in the camps yep. real quick. Yep. And, uh, yeah, they knew about it uh, back in 1942, they, they right said, when the, we got in the war. Yeah, they said a lot of the military commanders knew about it and sent it back to the states saying, hey, we're, we're hearing from people that were survivors that got away or something like that, that there's these camps going on. And they think Churchill knew about it. And oh, Roosevelt knew about it. They definitely but did. But they definitely decided. Churchill. They decided. You know what? We we're not. We're just worried about this right now. We're not. We're just trying to whip yeah, some German ass. Yeah, because yeah. How are they going to stop it? I mean, I mean, you I'm can't. not trying to give them a thing, but I mean, no. they knew about it. And they just decided not to do anything about it. It was probably more of a political mm-hmm. tactic. Yeah, yeah I think kind of like uh, the one of the strangest things is, you know. Nazi Germany invades Poland, but guess who else invaded Poland with them as an alliance? Soviet Russia. Oh, yeah. They invaded the east part half, and they split Poland in two, mm-hmm. but they only declared war on Germany. Yeah. That was a tactical move because they knew they couldn't take on both. Oh, yeah. They could barely. They knew they could barely take on Germany. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, well, that's... Germany alone, I mean, they I'm, were just innovative. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm in it big time into history. So yeah, I so watch all the stuff, and like I watch all the stuff, and I've watched. I don't know how many times I watch on Netflix all the, like. Uh, you yeah, watch hit, the hit, greatest events. On oh yeah, there? yeah. And then I you got too. Hitler's inner circle. Yeah, I've been yeah. wanting to start that. Uh, and uh, and they talk about and like uh, and my thing, you know, you watch all this stuff, and you, mm-hmm. and you you got to wonder, um, what what would happen if, uh, Hitler decided not to not to invade the Soviet Union. Because oh, that's he what that, I think he would have won. Well, I'm not sure if he'd have won, but I think what would have happened is sooner or later he would have gone after Russia because he wanted that. Yeah. He wanted those. Well, it was in oh, his yeah. mind comp. Yeah, he wanted those minerals bad. He wanted he, all that, and he wanted the new land for yeah. more Germans. Yeah. So, um, but if he would have waited, and, mm-hmm. and he he possibility he could have taken, you know, England and that, and and, and then we'd have been in trouble because we'd have been having to fight from well, who knows where. You well, know, so. well, there's a lot of ways that like the the siege at Dunkirk mm-hmm. he backed off everybody. Oh yeah. Like he could have destroyed yep. like a half a million British and French yep. troops yep. there but he let them go he, instead. Yep. And the the idea behind that mystery is that he uh he was trying to look good for Churchill. That's yeah, one of the things. Well, he was trying to get he was trying to get to a point where everyone joined his side mm-hmm. against Russia. He they seriously yep. thought that. Yeah. But I think he did that cuz he did like I said he didn't want to he didn't want to piss off Churchill because he wanted to keep Churchill and them out of it as allies yeah. until, uh, or not even not even allies because he tried just, to at to first stay back. I think he wanted him to stay back like uh, and then you know he wanted to take care of everybody else and then I think he was going to probably hit Russia if he kept because you, you his thinking I think was you keep England out of it you keep the United States out of it because we were allies back then even then right so but what it didn't work that way and then you know and what really ticked off and what started the whole major thing with Britain is the fact that um, 
Hitler thought, well, I'm just going to bomb the outskirts. I'm not going to hit the big cities. In England, that's what he did at first yeah. when they were doing the bombing Yeah, at first raids. they avoided civilian targets. And then, and they, then somebody screwed up, and, yeah. they, and they bombed London. And then, and, then and then they returned a favor. Returned a favor, dropped a couple of bombs on Berlin, and that's what mm-hmm. started the whole, that's when everything just went to hell. And he, mm-hmm. he said, that's it, you know, we're going after you. Mm-hmm. But, and then it just, yeah, all gloves yep. came off. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he seriously thought that, that the world was going to join them against Russia. Yeah, I, but he, when, I, you know you can tell as soon as he went after he split his force and went after Russia he was done because what killed him was the winter they had it until the winter time hit. Well, the, he thought they were gonna take him out in like six months. And he would, have, but I think he would have if the winter wouldn't have been as rough as it was because it was like one of the coldest winters they had in what fifty years. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. they didn't have the gear for it. Like one of the coldest yeah. since Napoleon. Yes. I think they so said. they didn't have the kind of gear. That the Russians had to start with, as far as like, the guys were freezing to death. Well, they also he literally thought that by September, yeah. right before winter, they were, yeah. Russia was done. Yeah, that's and what it almost was. If it wasn't for the winter time slowing them down, that, that winter. Not only winter that, storms. that'd be the main one. But not only that, American supplies. Oh yeah, yeah. Like the early stages of the war, they were using American tanks, American mm-hmm. trucks, American supplies. Like everybody was. Like if it wasn't for our country at that time well that's what we're trying like, to do we're trying to stay out of it by mm-hmm. just giving them supplies we're yeah. just giving them all this war stuff and like we don't want nazi germany to win but we don't want to fight either yeah, yeah. yeah. and then pearl harbor got once pearl harbor got in it and once they did that because mm-hmm. the thing is like the japanese attacked pearl harbor and then right after they did that germany declared war on the u.s yeah they, and that's they, still they, a mystery too well that's 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 that uh, took a lot of heat off the president because he didn't have to declare war in Germany because mm-hmm. they did it for us. Like, yeah, it great. worked out for Roosevelt. Yeah, yeah it worked yeah. out because who was it? It was, oh, it was Germany and Italy declare mm-hmm. war right yeah. right after that happened. So right. it, was, it was it was a setup between uh, the Japanese and the Germans and the Italians. Well, Strange I would, alliance, I would, too. I wouldn't put it, Italians in there because I don't think they... They barely like did a, anything. Yeah, little bastards. I mean, they won a few battles, I think. Stepchild, you know, that's yeah. all, that, they weren't that big. I think uh, they just helped out a little bit by keeping some people off the... You know, keep keeping them down while Hitler did his thing because Italy wasn't big enough to do anything. I mean, come on, man. Well, and they also became a burden on Nazi Germany because very quickly, wherever Italy forces were, Germany forces had to take over. Oh yeah, because like, they weren't ready to ASAP. fight. Yeah, yeah, they well, they just they weren't they, good. No, they sucked. And they probably weren't into it either, like the Italians no. themselves. And then what? Mussolini had to get his ass rescued like at least once or twice because remember he got he got he captured. Got, yeah, he got captured and he and then, got rescued by a, a paratroopers. Yeah, German it was, paratroopers. It was a, some I forgot what the guy's name was, but it was some bigwig uh, German special special forces, operations. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. But then ends up beaten Hang, to death and hung hanging upside, upside down. down next to his mistress. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. dictators, life of a dictator. So. Let's talk about your army career. <laughs> <laughs> Carl was like, no, was like don't bring it up. Damn, don't do that, man. Anything but that. Uh, what made you want to join the army? Uh, my dad had been in. So he did mm-hmm. like 24 years in, and he uh, had a great job. Because, uh, you know, when I was growing up, we, we moved a lot. So because mm-hmm. I went to I was born in France. I was born in the States. Oh, yeah, yeah. You have a funny story about so, that. Well, no, citizenship. I was, yeah, I was born there, and then, um, you know, because back then, when my, my dad, my, my mom was French. My dad was American from Pennsylvania. We used to have bases there right after the war. Mm-hmm. So uh, my dad was stationed there, met my mom there. They got married. Of course, I was, you know, conceived there and everything. And then 
Um, we moved. We went from there. Moved and then we moved, and then I ended up in, I think Germany or something like that, and then we ended up in the states. But, um, you know, as I grew up, I I got to see what my dad did for a living, and because he got he had a great job, I ended up doing the same thing he did. It's in the army. It's it's a 88 November now. It used to be 71 November, but it's traffic management coordinator. That's what they call it. Mm-hmm. Basically, I did a lot of stuff had to do movements, troops, equipment, uh, stuff like that. And my dad used to work at like a ticket office, like with the Air Force. Yeah. Stuff like that. So well, I got he to led see his convoys. Job. Is that basically? Well, that's, that's convoys part of it, but that's, oh. not, that's not necessarily what you do. Oh, okay. But um, so when I was growing up, I saw that. And then, of course, he ends up retiring. Uh, and then we moved here to, to Azle, Texas. And then, uh, you know, I didn't go in at first. And I was doing security work, doing alarms. But then I kind of got bored with it because I, I, I was used to moving around a lot. Right. So I decided, you know what? I, I had to back the, that to uh, fall back on. So. Uh, instead of going in right away, I waited till I was 24 years old and I joined, which yeah, I think was a good thing, you know, yeah, instead of going in when I'm 18. Cause yeah, you talked about traveling around yeah, and just experiencing yeah, life. Yeah. So I joined yeah. at 24, you know, got in there and then, uh, I went, I, I, I got lucky enough across the street from my parents is, uh, was a national guard and reserve recruiter. He lived across the street and I, I, we knew him and everything. So one night he called me, he goes, Hey man, I'm taking a couple guys in to, to test, you know, the ASVAB, you gotta take the ASVAB. Hmm. So. Uh, I said, sure, I'll go with you. So I took the test, <clears throat> and it was funny because we're in his car. We picked up these two guys, and, and he looks at me. He goes, so what do you want to do? I said, I, I told him. He asked the guy. He goes, watch this. He goes, hey, so what do you want to do back there? And the guy goes, kid goes, I just want to kill people, man. I just want to kill. I'm like, holy <laughs> shit, dude. Well, he's good to go because technically, and I hate to say this, but. Um, yeah, you want that you guy on the front line. Well, if you don't, if, <laughs> if you take your ass, the higher the score, the, the more options you have. Yeah, that, yeah, that's the whole point, right? And if you don't score very high, then that guy in the back seat's going to have a job because infantry, artillery, and that you really don't have to be smart. the smartest guy in the world. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. I knew a lot of guys that were really smart infantry in that, but the lower the score, the less thing you can get. So right. I took the test, and I scored like through the roof on it. Okay, so oh, basically wow. they, they said, here's the book. You ta- take whatever you want. The only thing is, nothing would hold you back is if like maybe if you're colorblind or you can't swim or certain, you know, depending on what it is. Mm-hmm. But I already knew what I wanted to do, so... Uh, I took the ASVAB, uh, and the recruiter, the guy that took me for the test, he couldn't put me in the military because I was going to go active duty, and he's a reserve National Guard guy. So what he did is he called the active duty guy, and he goes, look, I got this kid. He's going to join, and this is what he scored on his test. But I will give you his name, but not until you give me two or three guys guaranteed to join on the dotted line that's going to join the Reserve National Guard. Once I get those three signed, I'll give you this kid's name. And that's how I ended up in because he got the names, and I got a call from the recruiter. I went and talked to him. They took me to the MEP station in Dallas, which is they still there. And uh, <clears throat> I did all the paperwork there. And and then, uh, but I didn't go right away because when I walked in the door, they, you know, they go, this was in West. They got a computer, and then what they do is they'll go, okay, let's see what's available. So what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. Okay, so they, they type everything in. Of course, the first thing that pops up is infantry, artillery, stuff like that, things that, Nobody wants to do, right? But but needs to be they're, filled. They need to be filled. So they yeah. try to push you and go, well, I know what you want, but this is all available. And now I'm not stupid, okay? My dad was in the military, so I know the deal. I'm like, you know what, dude? See ya. Because what? I said, I'm going to talk to the Air Force. So I got up and walked out because all they're all there in the same building. Uh, so I got up and walk out, and I go sit out there where the Air Force is, and here comes this master sergeant walking by, and he sees me because he's the one that took me in to talk to this guy. What are you doing out here? I said, this guy doesn't want to give me what I want. What do you want to be? And back then it was 71 November. I said, I want to be a 71 November. Well, I'm a 71 November. Come on, let's go look. So we go sit down again. We, he, he types in and then it pops up. The only issue was 
He goes, okay, we got one of two options. He goes, either you got to leave next week because, you know, basic training. Well, what they do is they have class dates. They only have so many classes a year, depending on what MOS you have. Yeah. So they have to get you. They know the class date, and they have to back up and have to get basic training in there first. Mm-hmm. So the guy goes, if you want this class date, you're going to have to leave next week because you have to be in basic by next week. I said, when's the next class? He goes, not for 90 days. I said, well, I'll see you in 90 days. And like, oh, they don't like that because – Back then, they had a quota. They had to get so many people in a month. Mm, they don't do that uh, anymore. You think? No, they don't. Oh, I know okay. that for a fact. Okay. So, okay. so the recruiters, uh, they're like, so I signed some paperwork saying, yep, I'll be back in 90 days. So I left, you know, mm. and uh, I did that. At 90 days, I went back. The recruiter picked me up, took me to MEP station. I took the physical, uh, spent the night, took the physical and everything, and um, signed the paperwork on dotted line. And then uh, I think what they do. They took me and like five guys to the airport because we had to fly for going to Fort Knox, Kentucky for basic training. So they give me these packets. They said, okay, we're going to have you carry the packets for these five other guys. Mm-hmm. So back then, we go to the airport, they drop us off. Back then, you didn't have to go through security to get to the gates. Remember the gates? You can just walk yeah. in like anybody can go in with you to the gate. Mm-hmm. So we're sitting there waiting. All of a sudden, here comes this woman and this girl. One of the guys with me, that's his girlfriend and his mom. So they start crying. They don't want him to go. They don't want him to go. So it's come time to get on a plane. He refuses to get on. What? I'm like, dude. He goes, I'm not getting. I said, okay, I don't, I don't care. So we get on the plane, we fly, we get there, get off, and there's a desk right there, and you know, military you check in. And I told him, I said, here's a package. I'm missing the guy. What happened? He didn't get on the plane. Okay. I mean, okay, well, you can't do nothing about it. Right. It is what it yeah. is. Right. But anyways, I ended up basically training at Fort Knox, Kentucky. I got there on Thanksgiving Day, 1986. I arrived. Oh wow. So. Or that weekend, put it that way. But it's Thanksgiving Day. Yeah. So, you know, and it's, um, for, I don't know if you ever watched um, Stripes with Bill Murray. Bill Murray, yeah. I've seen it before. Well, they, that's, where they, that's where they filmed it at. And so oh. in the movie, they got this big, huge building. It says, welcome to Fort Knox, Kentucky. Well, our bus pulled up right at that building. I'm like, hey, I recognize this building. You know, it's from Stripes. <laughs> so, but back then, when they got there, the drill sergeants came out of nowhere and just blew them up. Yeah. We get there, we pull up. Nobody's there. Because it's Thanksgiving. Like, what the hell's going on? So we're waiting, waiting, and waiting, and we're all freaking out. Yeah. Here comes this dude walking out of the building. Hey, come on, everybody, get your stuff, get off the bus. So we get off the bus, get our stuff, and the guy just takes over the barracks, says, go in there, drop your stuff somewhere, come back out. He takes us over to eat. We eat, go back. He says, I'll be back at 8 o'clock tomorrow morning to get you guys. And that, that was how it started. We didn't see a drill sergeant for like two days. Oh, wow. Because of a four-day weekend, and the drill yeah. sergeants, you know, they have, they have their time. So Right. But basically, I ended up in basic training there, and about, I think I was there for three weeks, and it was cold. I mean, out Fort Knox, the dude, it's cold. Yeah. And all of a sudden, um, drill sergeant screams my name out. Brian Freeman, get in here. So I go to his office, and they got me on the ground, and we're, we're uh, I mean, I'm doing push-ups, and they're all standing there. All of a sudden, I get up, and he goes, Private, what's your MOS? I said, 7-1 November. He goes, what the fuck is that? I'm like, uh, traffic management coordinator. He goes, you know what we are here, son? You know what we are? We're tankers. I'm like, okay. He goes, no. Everybody out there on that floor is tankers. What the <laughs> fuck are you doing here? I'm like, uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I go, I, I don't know. He goes, get out of my fucking office. So I get out and I go back out there. So I start asking everybody, what's your MOS? I'm a tanker. I'm a tanker. I'm a tanker. I'm like, oh, fuck. So a few days later, drill sergeant screams my name out again. I go back in. I hate going in the office because, man, you, they, you know, they, they make you get on the floor and do push-ups. So I'm in there. I'm pushing my ass off. He goes, we got a fucking problem here, private. <laughs> so I get up and now I'm not a, I'm not an 18 year old I'm 24 years old so yeah. I already know what's going on he goes we got one of two options we can either re- uh, he goes 
we can take you down the road here and we're going to change your paperwork and make you a tanker. No, that's what he said. That's what we're going to have to do, I said. Uh, and I looked at him, and, you know, you can't just talk back to a drill sergeant. No, you just don't do it. Right. I'm standing there, and I'm thinking, there ain't no fucking way. He goes, you got something to say? Say it. I said, uh, there, I have a second option, drill sergeant. He goes, what's that? I said, breach of contract. Man, he slammed the paperwork down. Get the fuck out of my office. So I go back out again <laughs> because I signed to be this MOS, and I'm going to be this fucking MOS. Yeah, you stuck to your guns. That's good. So I don't hear nothing about this. So I'm yeah. thinking, okay, two, three weeks later, because we were there for like two months. Jeez. Maybe longer than that, two and a half months. I don't know what it was. So I don't hear nothing. Everybody's looking at me like, oh, you're going to be a tanker. Like, Fuck you, man. You're going to be no goddamn tanker. <laughs> tanker. So sure enough, right before graduation, I get called in. By then, you know, they kind of slacked off on us a little bit because we've been there a while. And, you know, we're so, mm-hmm. all right, private, let, let's have a talk. Here's the deal. We, we, we talked about it. And the only other option you would have had was we would have had to send you to Fort Jackson, South Carolina, which is where you're supposed to go. But then you would have had to start over on basic training. Which Whoa. is no go because the way base training set up is your school date. You graduate and then you get to your next place and you start your your school. Mm-hmm. If you'd have done that, you'd have missed your school date and who knows how long it'll take before you get a slot because there's only so many slots in in, in the classes. Mm-hmm. He goes, so what we're gonna do is so you know here's what happened. So the day we graduated, all the families came in. Mine wasn't because it's too far away, but they all showed up and we got information and we're standing there all in the class A's, all dressed looking nice and all our bags everything. So <clears throat> all of a sudden the drill sergeant. Uh, what it is over there for the tankers, it was all the same. The drill, you had the drill sergeants all the way through, from basic training all the way through tanker school. It's the same people. Uh-huh. It's one-stop training. Yeah. Not me. I would have gone to Fort Jackson. Now I had to go to Fort Eustis, Virginia. But my school was only three weeks. Tanker school was like freaking eight months. I don't know, something like that. Yeah, so, it's a long so time. So I'm in formation, and they all celebrate. And then, you know, fall out for a few minutes so I have families hug and kiss take pictures then you gotta get information pick up your stuff and they, and they march you from these barracks oops these <laughs> barracks down the road to another set of barracks you start all over again but now you're tankers or gonna be tankers yeah so we're all standing on drill sergeant walks to me and goes hey I need you to grab your stuff and when we have a formation you, you just stay back don't get information okay but okay but let me back up a little bit but I heard there was one other guy there who wasn't supposed to be there either oh. so I heard it was another 71 November he didn't get sent with me, so I don't know how he ended up there, but I couldn't figure out who it was. Well, we had these guys, man. I was in second platoon. We had four platoons there in four different buildings, and we had these guys there, man. It was a couple of guys that were like, these guys were like just total assholes, man. They beat the crap out of you for no reason. I mean, it was bad. Well, there's wow. this black dude, big dude, man. He used to lift freaking houses for a living or something. <laughs> he was just a total dick. Really? So, right before we graduated, we had to do a thing called common task training, CTT. You got to do like basic first aid, map reading, all the stuff you got to get checked off. Yeah. That's one of the things you got to do to graduate. Yeah. So we're in, and so I'm in line and basically the way it is, you do it and then you take off, go to the next station. And so I'm in line, all of a sudden this black dude start, and I'm standing there like this, this black dude comes walking toward me he's right there. I'm like, oh shit. Hey, I look at the guy, he's, I'm talking to you. I, I look at him, I said, what, what the fuck you want? <laughs> I mean, he's going to kick my ass anyway, so I figured yeah. what the hell. He goes, what's your MOS? I'm like, what the hell to you? He goes, I asked you a fucking question. I said, 7 November. He goes, holy shit, so am I. And he gives me a big-ass fucking bear hug. <laughs> <laughs> now I'll say we're best of friends. I don't know this guy. You I've never he's, Yeah, he's not even in my platoon. Oh. <laughs> so me and him backed up, and then when they graduated, we stayed there, and they marched off down the road. Drill Sergeant goes, okay, I'm going to put you back in one of these barracks tonight <laughs> with your stuff. He goes, and first thing in the morning, I'm going to grab you guys at 8 o'clock. We can take you to the bus station because they had a, because it's, it's, it's basic train there. They have a bus station on base. Mm-hmm. So... 
eight o'clock, we're putting you on a bus. Okay, so okay, so he goes, you can do whatever you want today. You just can't leave the base. You got to stay in uniform, which we didn't have so many clothes anyway. So okay, we didn't go anywhere. It was like a Burger King. We haven't eaten real food in forever, so we went to Burger King. Ate, <laughs> went back, and we just didn't do nothing. Yeah. So um, next morning, he gets us, picks us up, puts us on the bus, and uh, get on the bus, and then it takes us all the way to Fort Eustis, Virginia. There's mm-hmm. like maybe six of us on the bus. Okay, because we stopped somewhere, and picked up a couple other people, and so it's a Friday, Friday the thirteenth. Oh, wow. So we get there, and we got there like at 10, 11 o'clock at night. So the thing is, normally, when you get the, when you leave base training, you get the AIT, there's usually like a one- or two-week gap before you start school. Uh-huh. And, I, and I, they do that just in case. It's, it, they always do that. Anyways, those two weeks, usually, you end up doing like cutting grass or KP, you know, kitchen police or whatever. Busy just shit. busy shit to keep yeah. you busy. Yeah. So I missed that two weeks because my class started Monday. So when I got in there at 10 o'clock at night, there was this, E5, female, waiting for me, me and him. She goes, get in the classroom. So we got off the bus, got in the classroom, just me and him. We go in there, and we did all this paperwork that they normally do, you know, the week before or something like that. We did it all that night. So we got there about midnight. So she puts us in her vehicle, a truck, and we go, we go to the barracks. Mm-hmm. Now, this is AIT, totally different from basic, because when I was in Fort Knox, it's all males. So she drops us off. She goes, okay, just go in there and find. There's a drill starting in there, because on the weekend, there's no, it's just, you know, he goes, there's a drill sergeant in there. Go find him and tell him who you are. So we're walking in there. It looked like Animal House. I walk in the door. It's like females running around half naked. What? Because it, 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 it's just like, I'm like, should I drop my bags and start chasing her? Yeah. Like, <laughs> where am I, I haven't seen a female in like two and a half months. You is know? this part so, of training? Yeah. <laughs> so what, what it is is the way the barracks was set up is one end of the barracks, like, you know, it's real long and like three floors. You know, one, this side on the bottom had a, had a line. You couldn't cross that line. It was females only. Oh. But this is a Friday night, and a lot of people – and when you're base training, you're training the whole time you're there. Mm-hmm. When you're in AIT, weekends you're off most of the time. Oh, okay. 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 So, I, you know, I didn't see this before. Now you see all these, I mean, oh my God, you know. So <laughs> I find this drill sergeant. He's got himself locked in his office. He refuses to come out. Some poor young drill sergeant, E5 type. You know, he's co- totally overwhelmed. So oh, wow. he, he puts By us himself? in this. He, well, yeah, for the weekend. Oh, oh. so he, he puts us. He puts us in in these, you know in the room. Yeah, and that's how that's how the AIT started. And I'm like, you know, we put our bags down. And I'm like, okay, now what? You know, I mean, am I supposed to start chasing these women or right. what's going on? Yeah, what's going what's going on? You know, the tickle party was yeah. going on. But my my MOS back then was only three weeks long, three weeks. Now it's like eight weeks because hmm. when I went through, they weren't doing computer. T- Everything was done yeah, by hand. Yeah, technology uh, wasn't there. Yeah. So it was just starting, like my, uh, and then, so um, I ended up in school. And the thing with us is, it was a weird part is my school was half army, half Marines. Oh, yeah. Oh, not a that good, was a thing. It's not normally. I don't think it is anymore. Yeah, but was, we didn't get along with them. I mean, we would march right. to class and they would march to class. We didn't march together because their cadence is totally weird compared to ours. Yeah. We didn't get along at first, you know, like I'm your army, I'm Marines, and that they basically, they get brainwashed. You know, they can't stand anybody unless you're a Marine. But we, we got, after a while, we got along for a while, but uh, they, we graduated everything. But anyway, so after we graduated, you know, we find out where we're going because my contract, when I signed on the dotted line, I put that I want to go to Europe. Mm-hmm. Guaranteed in my contract, they have to send me to Europe. Now, that doesn't mean it could be anywhere in Europe. Yeah. Be like so, Serbia. So, <laughs> yeah. A real nice yeah. place. But, so, um... <laughs> One of my guys in my class, Lou, Lou, Lou Garcia, he's Cuban. Mm-hmm. A good-looking guy. He's, you know, he lifts weights and everything. And yeah. uh, uh, he was going to be the honor grad 
but I found out he was cheating. He got in a notebook. He bought off somebody with all the answers to the test in it. So I snitched on him. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I snitched on him. And How'd he that got, go? Well, they, they did a, a barracks inspection, and they found the, the, the thing in his locker. Yeah. So they took him off the side. So what they did is they made, him, they made him take the last two tests without the books open, and he had to pass them, and he did, barely. But he passed them. Wow. So he let him stay. Yeah. So, man, after that, he was living. I want to know who the hell turned me in. I want to <laughs> kill this motherfucker. <laughs> I'm going to kill him. So I never told him anything. So sure as shit, <laughs> of course what not. happens? Until today. <laughs> what, yeah, here's what, yeah, well, I told him later. Oh, okay. When he was cooler? Well, like about a year later. But, oh, yeah. <laughs> but, but what happened was um, when we finished our class, what, they, what you have to do is once you finish your class, you get clearing papers. Mm-hmm. Give you a piece of paper. And what you have to do is you have to clear the post. You have to walk around post, like go to the PX, you know, the, the store on there. You got to clear there, make sure you don't owe anything. You got to go to this place, that place, finance, all these other places, and they can stamp off saying you don't own anything or you're good. And the hardest part is turning in your gear. You get CIF Central. Uh, uh, it's a facility where you like you draw your gear when you get there. You got to turn it in when you leave. So it's, it's an issue place. Mm-hmm. So um, we've, we got that's the hardest thing to clear. We did that. So I told him, I said, look, out of the classes, four of us were going overseas. Everybody else was staying in the States. Two guys, one guy was going to Germany, one guy was going to Korea. And those two guys had, had been in the military. They were oh. reclassing. They re-enlisted for a different MOS. Oh, okay. So they don't have to go through basic again. Mm-hmm. And AIT, they can stay at a hotel. Mm-hmm. They, don't stay in a, they don't stay with us in the barracks, but they still have to go to our class, everything. And they still do formations and PT and everything. But, so those guys got their stuff. And then me and, of course, the guy that I snitched on had orders to go to Europe. So I said to him, I said, look, let's take, first thing to do, let's take our orders over to the uh, SATO <laughs> office where they, they're the ones that cut your ticket, yeah. your, your, fl- your plane ticket. Okay. Yeah. I said, let's drop off our orders first, and then we'll go do everything else. We drop off our orders, we take off, and the next day we go to get our tickets, and we'll walk in the door, and, and the guy says, hey, yeah, we got a problem with these orders. I'm like, what's going on? He goes, the orders say Germany, but the APO, which is the zip code, is Italy. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, we're supposed to go to Italy. And we weren't. We're supposed to go to Germany. Uh, oh, you sure? I said, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Garcia <laughs> goes over really his mouth, and I kind of elbowed him. I, you know, shut up, dude. He, he said, okay, we'll come back in a couple hours. You have your tickets. Okay, we take off. He goes, man, I said, dude, trust me. <laughs> I said, I, said I, I, went to, I went to high school for two years in Germany. It's, it's, it's nothing wrong with Germany. Okay, it's nice. But, dude, Italy, man. Italy, yeah. How many times? I mean, here's the worst that could possibly happen. Italy. When we get there, they mm. decide, oh, you're not supposed to be here. We spend a couple weeks in Italy. Then they put us on a train, and we go to Germany. Big deal. Right. And then plus, plus you're freaking Free Cuban. Vacation. You're Cuban, dude. Yeah. I said, you can pick up Italian so easy. And he, and he, and he did. Yeah. So, I, uh, I said, okay. So we get our tickets and then, you know, we clear the base. And then uh, the night before we left, me and the two guys that were going to, the two other guys, the one was going to, uh, to Korea and Germany, yeah. decided to go out drinking because we're the only three old enough to drink. Well, the problem is we had a nine o'clock curfew, which I totally forgot about. <laughs> and they were staying in a hotel. I was staying at the barracks. So one o'clock in the morning rolls around. We've been drinking at bowling alley. I'm like, oh shit. So yeah. I get back to the barracks. I waltz in the door. Like, you know, I own the place. I already cleared everything, but I haven't signed out of the barracks yet. So I still belong to them. I walk up to the my second or third floor and each floor had a desk. It had a guy sitting there, you know, private. He was supposed to like phone watch and everything else. Yeah. He looks at me. His eyeballs got huge. He goes, man. Fucking drill sergeant, I've been looking for you all night. Dude, you are screwed. <laughs> and the thing is, so the, screwed, the drill Greg. sergeant's office is right there at the end of the hallway. So when you leave your room, you got to walk by his office. Oh. So he'll see your ass. But he wasn't there. He was gone for the uh. night. So I'm in the room, and I'm, I walk in the door, and my three roommates all sit up. Dude, you are screwed. <laughs> I 
I'm like, dude, I'm already packed. So we, we come up with a plan. Yeah. So next morning we get up, and I had, some, I had a couple of cool roommates. And what, I'm, what we did is we took my two duffel bags, we threw them out the third floor window, so they dropped into the ground. And then when I walked out, one of the guys went in the drill sergeant's office, talked to him. When you walk in, a drill sergeant, loses, he always loses his mind. So a guy walks in there and he asks him some, he stands in front of him, a super question. When he does that, I run, I run past him. Real fast past the door. Right. So I go down the stairs, get in formation. No, I don't go formation. I go down to the supply room. There's a female there. I said, I need to sign out. Yeah. Here's my paperwork. Okay. So she looks at it. She signs me out. I'm completely out of this unit now. Oh, so I go, wow. down, I go downstairs. I'm standing there. And the drill sergeant comes out and sees me. Private Freeman, get your ass over here. You're fucking mine now. You're not getting on a goddamn plane. I'm going to have you. I'm going to bust you down. And I'm going to get you kicked out. And then the girl standing there looks at me and goes, uh, you can't do that. He already signed out the unit. Dude, that dude oh, was livid. Now, we, already, we, already, we already called Veins the cab. We're loading, we're loading this with the cab. We called the cab. We're loading the yeah. cab up. Yeah. We get in the cab. And I told the driver, I said, dude, get the hell out of here. Let's go. go, go He's like, what's going on? And I told him what I did. The cab driver's laughing. So we take off. We get to the airport. And we end up. Uh, <laughs> we end up on. A, we end up going and uh, get, getting on a plane. And it's called the Freedom Bird. It's a, it's a, it's a commercial airplane, but it's run by the military. Oh, okay. What they do is they fly to Italy and then they go to. You get off there and they go to Germany, you know, and then they pick up people and they and they fly back to the states. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I forgot we we flew. I think I mean, New York, maybe Atlanta. I'm not sure where we flew to, but then we we checked in there once we flew there, and then we got on the bird. So we get to Italy, we get off, and there's a bus sitting there because it's Avion Air Base, Air Force Base, where the plane lands. So we get on the bus, taking us to Vicenza, Italy, where which is where the base is, Army base. Okay. We get on it, so we get off. Get that afternoon and everything. And there's all and there's a welcoming station right there. You know, one of the what they do now is they have sponsors for everybody. So when you get there, you're not just there. There's somebody waiting for you oh, by name. Okay. So we get off and we get all stuff off and everybody's orders talking to people and they're shaking hands and everybody's getting in cars and driving off and me and him are standing there. Also I look up and there's this colonel standing there with it with his driver. And they're looking at us, we're looking at them. All of a sudden <laughs> his driver walks up there and goes, Let me see your orders. They so take the orders, he takes the colonel, the colonel looks at me, he's all pissed, he slams him down. He gets in his car and drives off. The driver walks like up. Like on the ground? He's no, he, oh. he gives it back to the guy. Oh. Anyways. So the guy walks up. He starts laughing. He goes, well, he goes, we were expecting two lieutenants, not two privates. Oh, wow. So I said, okay. So he goes, we're going to put you in the barracks for now, and then we're going to try to figure out where you guys are supposed to be. So I told my buddy, I said, I told that guy, I said, you know what? I said, well, I think we're supposed to be in Germany. He goes, he goes, what the hell are you doing here? I said, well, our order said you know, APO was Italy in Germany, and I told him what, what I did. And the, and the driver said, well, that's pretty cool. Because he was in E4, he wasn't even on. He goes, right. well, yeah. He goes, that's not bad. I mean, the worst that happened is they put you on a, on a train. Yeah. Because it's like a 12-hour train ride to Germany. Yeah. So we get the barracks. We get in there. And it's a weekend or something like that. Nothing going on. Nothing going on. And then we have an E6 guy, Puerto Rican. He was our, he was our platoon sergeant. He, he come to introduce himself. We told him what happened. So they did some stuff. Finally, he comes back uh, Monday morning. We did PT with him. But it's okay. It's kind of funny because I don't know who we are. And then formation, he comes in. He goes, uh, "We decided we're going to keep you guys." I'm like, yes. So we don't have a nice. we don't have a spot for you guys at seventy one November's, but we have two sixty something Charlie, their the, uh, drivers, truck drivers or whatever. Mm-hmm. We're going to put you in those slots for now because the unit I was in was a, a movement control center, which had like fifteen people in. That was it. Oh. But they were getting ready to activate to a battalion. Battalion, you have a, few, a couple thousand people, I guess, or I don't know how many, but mm-hmm. so. Uh, and once we activate, we're allowed to have you guys. I mean, they had slots for us in that small unit, but they're already filled. Mm-hmm. He goes, so once we activate, we're going to have more slots. We're gonna, and that way, you're already here. We'll just put you in the slots. So, okay. 
So man, my first duty station was like, dude, it was that was the, it was that was it, the best duty station I ever had, in Italy, because Vicenza is thirty minutes train ride to Venice. It dead ends in Venice, mm-hmm. so you get on the train. It's not going to cost that much. Get on it. You got nothing to do for the day. Let's go to Venice. So we get on, we get on, you know, go out the gate, get on the bus, yeah. go to the train station, get off, buy a ticket, dead ends in Venice. You get off, you walk around, Look checking at, the sites, you know, yeah. checking out the tourists and Having whatever. A great time. Yeah. And then the beaches are right there too, and there are a lot of them are topless. So. Ooh. Oh yeah, yeah. Or no nude beaches. Just Maybe, topless. but topless was enough for us. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's more than enough. <laughs> but I mean, the cool thing was like uh, we go to the beach, mm-hmm. and and uh, we had four man rooms. So, uh, I was in a room with, they, they took me and put me in a room with these three black guys. Cool as hell. Mm-hmm. Cool as hell. Two guys never went anywhere, never left the barracks because their plan was to buy, they wanted to buy a new car before they left. Volvos. Uh, so, what they did is they would save their money. They'd go out like once a month when they got paid to the club, have a couple beers. Mm-hmm. And then what the plan was, right before they left, they were going to get on a train, go to, I don't know where they make Volvos at. But they were going to go straight to the factory and order their vehicles at the factory with American specs and things. Because, you know, you got to have American specs because of the, the windshields and that. It have to be, you know, safety and all that stuff, whatever oh, the case okay. is. You can't buy, I don't know if you can now, but you car. couldn't buy a European car and ship it yeah. until, unless you had it, you know, Americanized, basically. Yeah. So that's what they did. They just sat around, did nothing for two, three years and saved all their money. And they went and, went and paid cash for the cars and had them shipped. So when they got to the States, they, it would, they picked them up right there at the port. That's what they did. And then drove home. And yeah, drove home. Yeah, that's pretty cool. But uh, I, I, I ended up working with this other guy. He had a BMW. Real good-looking guy, too. I mean, he was a, a, a gymnastics guy. He did gymnastics for the people's kids. But, oh, okay. So he was like a chick magnet. This dude was like... Yeah, just so, a great shape. Yeah, yeah so, it, I, so it was good for me to hang out with him because he's a chick <laughs> magnet, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, he'd get on the beach and do splits. And be taking pictures with cameras and stuff, and these women are like all falling over each other. And I'm like, well, I'm gonna hang out with this guy because Italian women. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. what else? You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, beautiful women, beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, beautiful women. Okay, so we would go to the beach, and uh, it, I mean, it wasn't all topless. It, some people were topless, some weren't. Right. But over there, when they go to the beach, when they go on vacation, it's a whole family thing. They all go at the same time. Uh. So we would go out there, and you know, we'd have our big ass, huge cooler full of Heineken, huge cooler, and we have a frisbee and a football. Yeah, we lay our stuff out. Well, we're the Americans, you know, like oh my God, here come the Americans. Well, we lay out <laughs> our stuff, and we would play football, throw the frisbee, and we got to meet a lot of of Italians there, especially younger ones, and they wanted to, you know, pa- you party. Well, not that they uh, wanted to practice their English because over there, you know, English is a language; it's a business language. So they yeah. have to learn it. Yeah. So they would lay their stuff. Around. So we did this like every weekend. We go and then they would show up and. We'd have a big crowd laying around us. That's how we got to meet people. So uh, the way it was set up is like uh, my, a friend of mine, he, uh, one of my guys he used to hang out with all the time, he kept seeing the same girl there all the time. Beautiful girl, good ways down, you know, the beach line. And uh, so finally one of the Italian guys said, you know, I, he ran down there and got her and brought her back. Oh, he introduces shit. him. He introduces her to him. Yeah. And beautiful girl. Well, the thing is she's there with her family. Okay. Oh. Mom and dad and okay. her other siblings and dad. Don't like Americans. She, she points, we look back there, and Dad's sitting in the chair just giving us the evil eye. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, you know what? I know how to fix this. So I reach in the cooler, pull out a couple of Heineken. I said, take us to your dad. So we go over there to see your dad, and he introduces us, and I hand him a beer. He's looking at me, and I pop the top off, and he drinks it. And I kept looking back, and every few minutes, I'd 
Have her take another beer down here. After that, dude, we could have done anything we wanted with his whole family. He <laughs> <laughs> just kept him beer. Real cool with yeah. y'all. <laughs> but, I mean, we had a good time there, and it was yeah. just a blast. I mean, we got to meet so many people. But yeah, uh, that was just, like I said, the best duty station. I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, now, uh, that's the same. Was that the, around the same time period you went and saw Pink Floyd? Yeah. There in Italy? Yeah, in Venice. That's a funny story. Yeah. Uh, what happened is Pink Floyd decided they were going to come do a concert in, in Venice. And the thing is, Venice, you know, the main thing in Venice is the, uh, is a, the square in the middle. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, there's a, it's water. I mean, Venice, you can't drive through Venice. You know, yeah. Once you get off the train, you got to walk. Uh-huh. But you get, to the, you get to the center, the square, there's a, you know, it's a, so they, they set up these barges. Mm. Out there, and, and and Pink Floyd played. They would set up on the barge. They played there, like a floating it's, stage. Yeah, it's a fl- yeah. free concert. Oh. Big mistake. Yeah. So everyone showed up. What happened is the first thing the base does. They say, "Well, you, it's off limits to the U.S. military. You can't go." Come on, man. <laughs> so a bunch of us take off. We go there. And You're uh, like, as long as you don't get caught. Yeah, as long as you don't get caught. <laughs> so we get there, and uh, it's packed. Wall because people flew in from flew in and drove from Germany. All, Everywhere the whole in Italy, yeah, Europe, Europe showed France, up, North Africa, Africa, yeah, you know, Middle East, yeah, <laughs> yeah, New York, you know, place like that. Yeah. So, um, they placed the wall to wall people, and and uh, it was too loud because that uh, Venice is a lot of old buildings, mm-hmm. and they will never do that again because it, it's it, all the vibration, you know, just mess with anything. But anyway, spaces packed, uh, and yeah. they got stupid, and people got dumb, and fights broke out. And we're trying to get back to the train because there's only, there's only so many trains. After that, you can't take a train. And, you know, the trains are you're fucked. For yeah, the rest you, of you're the sleeping night. outside. Yeah. <laughs> so we got to get back. So a bunch of us were there. So we get we're, me and that uh, Lou. We, we're taking oh, off. Okay, your buddy Lou. Yeah, we're taking off and we're, and we're headed back to the train station. And this big fight breaks out, and we're in the middle of it. We weren't doing anything. Next thing I know, <laughs> I, I'm getting thrown down by the Polo's eye, <laughs> and they cuffed me to the barricade. And they cuffed him to the barricade. Well, that was a big mistake because he was already, already been drinking and he was pissed. So he just takes his manly, you know. His and he's jacked <laughs> up, right? Yeah. Boom, breaks <laughs> the freaking barricade. And we pull off and we're, you know, so. Yeah, weren't uh, like all y'all like, wasn't he doing it by himself and then everyone joined in with yeah, him? Yeah, because he picked up the barricade. like 20 <laughs> of us cuffed in this thing. And everyone's like looking at each other. Let's help. So they, they got it loose and we got off and we got to the train station, got on a train, yeah. made it back, get on base. And, um. We played it cool because we got we we pretend we went to a soccer game or something. We come in the gate and they're like, "Where you guys come from?" Oh, we went to a soccer game because there were soccer games there all the time. Okay, yeah. so we go in. Well, I don't know how many people got there because I didn't see anybody else that I knew. Well, I saw a couple people I knew, but what happened is a lot of those guys didn't make it back. They got arrested. Oh, right, and then so like now, <laughs> so now the post general he is highly pissed off. Yes. So they get these guys back and they said, "Okay, here's what's going to happen. Right now, you guys are getting." Uh, you guys are out, you guys are getting court martialed. Your guys are out of here. I don't know if it was really going to happen or not, but so here's what I wanted you to do. You need to give me one name of somebody that you saw who was on base. You give me a name, and we'll we'll take the charges and we'll drop them down a little bit. Ooh. So I'm thinking, man. So we're not worried about that. We're trying to get these stupid cuffs off our hands. Okay, so we're in the so we got them <laughs> off hacksaw and everything else, but we got them. But <laughs> I just knew I just knew my name was going to and it never mine and his name never came up. So the only, the only two other guys we saw. One of them got turned in, but he never gave me any names up. He didn't give our names up. Oh, that's man. cool. So went down like a yeah, dude. It was, <laughs> but yeah, we learned our lesson. It's like it wasn't worth it. I mean, it was there was it so many people it? there. Well, you yeah. really couldn't. It was cool. We saw from a distance, but you couldn't get close because it was wall to wall people. And yeah. 
it was just it was crazy and, and you know they get drunk and they get stupid you know the Italians and the Germans and whoever else and then yeah. they don't like each other to nice start European with European mix they don't like on. each other to start with yeah. and then fights break out and you got cops everywhere and it's all like, the old oh. school beefs rise up through the alcohol yeah. <laughs> I remember, I remember World War II motherfucker yeah <laughs> ah, we kicked your ass wiped <laughs> out a whole village yeah <laughs> so but that that's what happened there it's like wow but that, that was pretty cool because I mean at least I can say I saw them you know in in Venice but and the, one of the <laughs> that's like one of the rarest moments to see a concert, especially Pink Floyd free. Yeah, when they announced the free, that's where they said nope, nope, nope. Yeah, because it was like people <laughs> they were flying in like plane loads of people. From yeah, all it was over just the a place. disaster. In it was, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, that was that was a mistake. Uh, but did they, did they have like fireworks and shit. There? I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Too busy trying to survive. Too busy tonight. trying trying to get back to the train station. Yeah. It's a Try long it's a long punched. walk because. When you get off the train station, it's you know you, you get off the train and you walk out and these stairs go down the stairs mm-hmm. and then you go left or right, but it's small bridges. You know you, you cross and it's only so wide. So all these thousands of people like are there. Walking bridges? Like, yeah, you, you oh, can't okay. you can't drive. There's there's no way. Oh uh, okay. So yeah. you're walking, you're trying to get back to this train station, and you got people going the opposite direction. The bridge is only so walking bridge is only so wide. Mm-hmm. So you got you know five people wide on a three people wide bridge trying to get and we're trying to get back to train station once we busted loose with handcuffs like, oh, yeah. Don't yeah. Ask questions. handcuffs Don't ask questions. dangling <laughs> well what they, what they used to do is like when I first got there uh, they used to do a thing called Sambuca run huh? it, it's a drink and uh, uh, if, yeah. if you knew what they do guys if they like you they say hey we're going out on a Sambuca run what the hell is that you'll figure it out <laughs> you'll get in the car boy. we take off and uh, we went out drinking and I didn't get that drunk, but my my, my Lou he Lou, did. Yeah, he got freaking wasted. So what he did is we when we got done drinking, we just threw him in the trunk. <laughs> and then so we go back. Was we, he passed out? Oh yeah, he is was out. <laughs> so we get back to the base and we pull up and we've been drinking pretty good. And then the military police, we know the guys. This is not a very big base. Yeah. Hey, what's going on, guys? And he looks at us. He knows we've been drinking. So, um, didn't three of you guys leave? Or Five of us, where there was like five of us, and there's only four of us in the car. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, why don't you pop the trunk? <laughs> <laughs> so we go there and pop the trunk. That's not his first rodeo, oh, I guess. No. <laughs> we popped it. We popped the trunk. And he goes back there and he looks and he's breathing. Slams the trunk. Okay. <laughs> as long as he's still alive, we're good. So yeah. we get back there. And our barracks is like right by the entrance. Like you go in, it's like two buildings. We pull yeah. in, pop it, pull them out, yeah. take them in. Put him in bed, you know. A bunch of people saw y'all carrying him. It doesn't matter. It's, it's <laughs> right. a, it was a regular thing there. So. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's hilarious. But uh, someone's we, being carried somewhere. We, we had a we had a um, two guys that I worked with. One was mortician's assistant. Okay. Oh. Yeah, uh, I'll tell you about him. Neat later, job. But, yeah. Oh, okay. But and then we had another guy. He was a chaplain's assistant. Oh. So the chaplain's assistant had a uh, he had two other roommates. And he was a quiet kid, good kid, but I found out after I got there that once a month he likes to go out drinking on base. So it's a big thing when he goes drinking because you got to be ready. I said, what are you talking about? He goes, you'll see. Now, back in the day, mm-hmm. uh, one of the things about joining military, once you got to where you were going, they had a, um, you know, you, you always buy yourself a TV or whatever, but you always bought yourself the stereo system, the rack system. You know what I'm talking about? Different pieces. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I know yeah. yeah. And he had a nice one. So he would go and he would tell us, I'm going out drinking Friday night. Oh, shit. Okay, so write it down. He's going drinking. I'm like, what's going on? You'll see. So 
He's going out. Hey, okay, what time you come back? I don't know. So that we always, uh, when you was leaving the barracks, there's a uh, desk right there because it was always somebody on duty. Yeah. You know, you have to have somebody. Keeping tabs yeah. on people, right? So girl's sitting there and she's reading a book and she's, he walks out and she starts hollering, hey, he's gone drinking. So, okay. So we got to have people in the barracks know what's going on. So we're, we're in the barracks. <laughs> she and, announced it. Oh, yeah. So oh, what happened shit. is, you know, he's gone for like four hours. All of a sudden, here he comes and he's fucking wasted. And it's like. Oh shit! Oh shit! Let's go. We're outside. So we go, and the thing you go, you go downstairs to go outside, and so when you go outside, outside the building, the the, the barracks uh, windows are like six feet up in the air because you know you're down pretty good. Yeah. So we're standing out there in the parking lot. What are we doing? You'll see. So we're standing under his window. All of a sudden, he's in there for like ten minutes. You hear crash, boom, bang. <laughs> window opens up, and here comes the stereo system. Comes flying out one piece at a time. We're catching this shit. We're stacking. <laughs> <the ground. laughs> he gets really violent. Yeah, he I was going to say, he sounds like a violent yeah, drunk, Yeah, he just dude. gets drunk and he gets stupid. Yeah. And they, he does this, but they, so it's a regular thing. He does this like once a month, maybe once every two months. He goes out, and, but he announces he's going drinking. Yeah. So. And everyone he, gets ready. They get ready. We start <laughs> catching the shit. They run in the room. They grab him after he's done and they, and they literally tape him to the bed. Oh. Was he fighting? Uh, of course he was fighting, <laughs> y'all. Yeah. So they tape him down <laughs> to the bed. Uh, I don't know. Oh. But, <laughs> So they take him to bed and they wait a couple hours and then they go in there and they untape him and he's sound asleep snoring. He wakes up next morning and he's you walk in his room and look and he's putting his stereo system back together. You know, like we nothing happened. Nothing happened. Just polishing him. Yeah. Put his shit back together. I'm like, wow. What a life. That's hilarious. And, you know, and this is, and this, I did my first duty station. I'm like, wow. So that's, I mean, there's so much shit I did when I was in. It's just ridiculous. I mean, yeah. my, my aunt, you know, when she was alive here, she told me she was, man, you need to write a book. You know, all the yeah, stuff that happened. Yeah, we're you know, I said, joking about that before you got I here. I said, I'm pretty sure a lot of a lot of people you spend a lot of time in the military, you're gonna have a lot to write about. I mean, oh, it's yeah, just the way yeah. it is. So, yes. but but as far as the uh, the um, other guy, mortician assistant, the weird thing with him is mm-hmm. he would go to the beach with us all the time, and we lay out. And I mean, I got to tan pretty dark mm-hmm. in Italy. That boy, I don't care, man. He was a white as white can be. He was pale. Yeah, and could figure out what it was. I said, "Dude, how how do you lay out with on the beach with us all the time, and you don't get a tan?" And what it was, it's the chemicals he works with. Oh, it has really? to be. Yeah, because you know, we, uh, yeah. he, you know, be embalming fluid stuff like that. I guess mm-hmm. it gets into your system. And it, mm-hmm. it, 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 uh, we talked to to somebody about that and said, "Yeah, they think it's because of the chemicals he works with." If you see a lot of guys like that, they don't really tan very well because I mean, he's a real quiet guy, real nice guy, but dude. He'd be out laying in the sun. It could be 800 degrees outside, and he's still going to be white as shit when he's we get back. He's still bright. <laughs> he, don't even, he don't even sunburn. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really? Yeah. Not even sunburn? No. I never saw this guy sunburn. I've never heard of that. But it was probably the chemicals. More than likely, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's got to be, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it, the guy had a hell of a job, though, man. It was oof. But the thing was, his family uh, owned a... Uh, a mortuary, so that he that was part of the business. See, uh, so he he was doing a career thing. Yeah, he uh, was doing well. He was doing that to get, I guess, whatever you need to do, and then he was going to get out and go back to his family and, and do it. Do the family biz. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's a tough job because I had to help him one, a couple times. Dude, that's what do you mean help him? Well, um, do what? What happened is uh, he was attached to our unit. Okay. Just for uh, for paperwork and stuff like that because we never saw him because the the actual mortician was an American. But they worked out of an Italian hospital down the road. That's where they did their stuff. So if you had an American got killed for whatever reason, they would do all the stuff there, and they'd ship the body home. Um. So one day, we're in our room, and me and Lou were sitting there. I forgot. It was a weekend or something like that. And it was – no, it wasn't. It was – no, it was during the day. That's right. So 
we're at lunch. We get uh, we get when we get back to office during lunch, and then they go, "Hey, you need to go hook up with a mortician assistant. They need you to do something." Okay, so we go there. And he goes, "Come on, we get in the vehicle." He takes us to the hospital. What happened is a vehicle carrying three military police and the sergeant major's one of the sergeant major's wife had been come back from Germany. They had taken a course there or something like that. On the way back in the mountains, they something happened, lost control of the vehicle, and it went off the it went off the highway. Oh. And it killed them all, but they didn't find them for like a week. Oh, no. So over there in Italy, when they find the bodies, they put them in these coffins and they seal them. They're, they're wooden outside with the metal. Okay, yeah. And you got to use like a huge can opener to open these things up with because they're sealed. Oh, mm-hmm. shit. So what happened is I, I, we didn't know what we were going to do. So we get over there and, and, and we walk in and they made us put a gown on and gloves and shit. We walk in. He's already got one of the MPs up on the table. He's already got his brain cut out. Oh. Uh, this guy, guy is swollen because he's been in the heat. It's summertime. I mean, oh, okay. In the smell, dude. The that the smell was the worst freaking thing in the world. So I'm like, dude, what am I doing here? He goes, well, we need help with the bodies. He goes, we need to break the seal on this one and and take the bodies out. Oh. So the thing is, they had when they found the bodies, they 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 put the names of who was in each one of them. Well, uh, the sergeant major's wife. They had a picture of her. They took it out of her wallet and they stuck it on the thing. And it showed her a beautiful looking blonde headed woman, mm-hmm. kind of young, wearing a uh, uh, pink jumpsuit on the picture. Well, when they broke the casket and opened it up, she was wearing the same freaking outfit. Oh, but she, whoa. I mean, it looked like a horror movie, dude. I mean, and it was like, it was disgusting because they basically picked them up, threw them in the casket, purse, everything, and just shut it. And that was it. And sealed it. Yeah. So when we opened it up, things full of liquid from the yeah, bodies. Decompo- mm-hmm. decomposition. So wow. we had to pick the body up, put it on a gurney. Not on a gurney, but on on a metal table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there was two more to do. Well, uh, we got her on there, and then the mortician, he goes, "Hey, why don't you go ahead and put her into the freezer over there because she was on it was on wheels." And I want you guys to go eat lunch, and come back after lunch. <laughs> <laughs> so like, nope. Uh, <laughs> not hor- something horrific. So meat. we take out, get in this car, we go back to the base. I'm, I, I get I, I get back room. I take my clothes off, dude. I get in the shower. I cannot get the fucking smell off. I, so he oh. comes back to get us. I said, I'm not going back. <laughs> so next thing I know, my NCO comes to my room. What's going on? Why aren't you back there? I said, do you, I said I'm, not, I'm not doing that. He goes, doing what? He goes, I told him what to do. He goes, no, you're not supposed to be doing that, dude. You're supposed to be just moving the coffins from the truck into the building. I said, that's, <laughs> I said, that's, what not, what he, that's not what he's got us doing. He yeah. was livid. So yeah. he goes against the colonel. The colonel calls the mortician and starts, Letting I mean, him. letting him have it. Yeah. He goes, that's not what my guys are for. We're, they're not doing that. Because I wasn't going back. I, I mean, I mean, I can handle the. It's the smell, dude. So, and, it, and it got on you, on you. Well, it's, it's. It's like, so, well, from what I heard, it's like penetrating. Yeah, it penetrates the clothes. It's stuck in there for days. Yeah, so so what happened is I I take my clothes off. I take like three showers that day. And then that night we go to eat. I go to the bowling alley, get a pizza. Dude, I can't even eat. It just, it just, you you couldn't do it. can't smell pizza. Well, no, it's just, it was, it was like. Fresh on your mind. Two or three days, dude, I couldn't. But this guy did this for a living, dude. I'm like, no. That's crazy. Ooh, there's nothing for him. It's just pieces. But it was just, and the thing is, the bad part is, we were there, we had taken her out, and we were putting her in the, the, the refrigerator area, mm-hmm. and we heard this fight going on in the hallway. It was a sergeant major. It was, he wanted in there to see his wife, and the MPs were holding him down. They literally had to throw him down and cuff him and take him, put him in the car and take him back to the base. Damn. He was crying so hard, and, and, and there was no way he, he could see her, not the way she looked. It was, just, it was, it was close there was casket. Nothing to see. No. 
Right. But yeah. the guy, he was going to, you know, he, the guy has to do his thing. He has to take the brain out. And, and his, the thing is, the guy was, they had cut his groin part out. The, the clothes, the freaking nuts were like this big. They were swollen. What, they're big as basketballs? Or together. Like together? this big. Holy shit. Because of the heat and the and everything yeah. else. So Oxygen I'm thinking, I'm looking over there going, man, these things explode, man. We're done. I'm serious, man. It was like, dude. But, That's a wrap. But uh, he was already working on He already had his chest cavity open. He had already taken all the insides out. And he had his, he had his brain. He had, he had taken and cut and peeled the skin over or this way. And then hit towards the brain the out because they had to figure out what happened. You know, if they were drinking or doing drugs yeah, or whatever, toxicology lost control, yeah. or whatever. But that was that was the worst thing the whole time I was there. Other than that, I mean, the, the other than that, Italy was pretty fucking. Yeah, cool. it was pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gotta see dead people. Great. Yeah, dead people. <laughs> and had to open them up. <laughs> had to touch them, and I wasn't supposed but to. But <laughs> one of the, one of the things we had that happened it was uh, I told you the guy he owned a a, a BMW. So over there back then you had to have uh, if you owned a car there you could buy a. Uh, coupons a book of coupons once a month mm-hmm. from the base to get liters of gas because it was cheaper because the gas outside the gate was ridiculous so you bought these coupons at american price whatever so i owned a car that didn't run some little bitty ass car i bought off somebody for like 50 bucks and i had a registration so what i would do is i'd be able to go on base and buy a, a book of coupons for gas so he had a book i had a book we used his car mm-hmm. which you know because once you run out of coupons you got to pay out of pocket and you just it's too, way too expensive so but anyways, we were at the beach, come back one day, and uh, I was in front, and he was driving, and our buddy was in the back, and he was passed out sleeping because we, he, we'd been drinking pretty good. Mm-hmm. So he was driving, and he's trying to eat. He's got this thing, a dip between his legs, and he's mm-hmm. trying to, you know, he's eating. He looks down, we're crossing over this bridge. And as we're coming over this bridge, we're going very fast, 20, 25 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. This chick on a bicycle is just standing there facing this way with her foot on the thing, as we're coming over, she kicks off and goes this way, and we hit her. And all of a sudden, he looks up, he slams her brakes on it, and boom! Oh, I see, I go like this, I go boom. <laughs> you she watch goes, her fly over, you fly over the car and lands behind it. So oh, I'm like, shit. shit. So we both get out. He yeah. runs to the front of his car to see what kind of damage he had. Oh my god! <laughs> I run back to check on. I, I run back to check on this girl. Yeah. And she's laying on the ground. He's, and there's a there's a, a, a pizzeria trick. slash little area there where you can get drinks in that. They come running over. They're checking on her. We pick up the bike. You know, the wheels are all jacked up and uh, everything. And she gets up. She's got a couple scratches on her. So he starts walking towards her. I get up. I walk. I said, dude. I said, don't do it, man. I said, don't, don't walk over there. He goes, well, what's going on? I said, you don't want to do that. He goes, why? I said, dude, you hit the ugliest goddamn Italian chick I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> all these beautiful women, you find the ugliest chick you, you could possibly them. hit. And she all was like, of all of Italy. She was kind of big, too. I said, dude. Manish. I said, I said, you hit the ugly. And then he's like, we're all sitting there. And so what happened is they all come out and they're checking. And they're hollering at her because she literally kicked off and cut. And like she was trying to get hit. I don't know what the deal was. So they walk over there. They give her a little drink of something, you know, calm her down because she's crying. Yeah. All of a sudden, here comes a police. We're like, shit. So a cop pulls up. And then one of the guys from the thing there, he speaks English. He's talking yeah. to us. And we're trying to explain to him. He goes, no, no, no. You're okay. We saw we saw what happened. We saw what happened. So the, the police are talking to her. And they're getting ready to take her away, put her in a police car, because she's, they smell alcohol in her breath. Well, they just gave her a drink to calm her down, I guess. <laughs> oh, my so, so God. Now they're tra- now, so now, basically, they ended up not taking her in, but her bike oh. was jacked up. So we get back in the car. We take off. And a buddy in the back seat, he don't know what's going on. He, he sleep all the way back to base. I said, do you even know what happened? Oh, what are you talking about? I don't know. I was sleeping the whole way. The guy in the back seat, we had our friend. He's oh, back to pass out. Oh, my God, out. <laughs> But, dude, we, he never lived that down. I said, dude, 
you hit the ugliest goddamn Italian chick I've ever seen in my life. I didn't think there were any ugly ones, but you hit the only one I've ever seen. <laughs> but she was okay. A couple scratches. Her bike was jacked, but it's like, hey, she, she did it on her own. up. Yeah. That's hilarious. Well, you think she saw y'all coming? And I don't. I doubt it. Or she, she just wasn't, wasn't looking. Yeah, she wasn't paying attention. We weren't going that fast because it was kind of a... It was a small bridge, but it was kind of, you just know, like this. Hump over. So he slowed down. And he was trying to get some chips, and he looked up, and there she was. And he hit his brakes and hit her, but she still flew over the car. I'm like, <laughs> that's enough. Poof. Oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Did you give him 10 or 20 points? Oh, <laughs> uh, with that one, I don't know. I take points away. <laughs> ne- negative 25 or negative something. 25, I don't know. Negative 25. That's not a good Ugh. target at all. It's yeah. <laughs> hilarious. Oh, my God. But oh, he, uh, he, so he was a good-looking guy, and he ended up my roommate mm-hmm. later on. And he was uh, dating a girl. She was Italian-American. Her parents were – her dad was American. Her mom was Italian, and they were, they, they were stationed there, or they lived there. Mm-hmm. And beautiful girl, too. So she'd come over to the room all the time. She didn't like me for – I don't know why she didn't like me. I guess there's – you know, probably has a bunch of good reasons. But uh, So <laughs> one, one day – Just maybe. She, she was, they were coming out of the movie theater, and they have to come by our barracks. So she was coming out with her with – her, sister or girlfriends or whatever mm-hmm. and we had the window open and so she goes by our window and she says hey is mark there so i look around all these people walking by and i, I look down at her i go fifty dollars i'm not giving you fifty dollars for a fucking blow job blah 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 <laughs> and then she looks around everybody's looking at her and walking by and she goes you asshole and she runs and gets back in the crowd and he was in there he comes in from the shower he goes what happened i said i don't think your girlfriend's gonna be coming over the barracks for a while <laughs> so he talked to her the next day he came in there he's looking at me he's laughing his ass off he goes <laughs> <laughs> but yeah she just ran off and yeah. dispersed in the crowd yeah and then I had another <laughs> another roommate uh, red headed dude and he's okay looking yeah. but he started dating this chick in town and it's another ugly one I mean seriously ugly <laughs> well someone's gotta do it oh. <laughs> but oh. he got I don't think he ever had a girlfriend before cause he fell madly in love and they were in, uh, they, so he's our, so, yeah so he's got this picture of her hanging up in his room and it's like dartboard dartboard material but she's that ugly so <laughs> we were drinking a room and we would like take a picture down and take a marks a lot, you know, and Mark, you know, rings around on the glass, not on the picture, but yeah. give her a mustache and shit. He'd come in all pissed off, <laughs> want to know who did it and everything else. But, Put uh, hair on uh, her pits. But the thing in the barracks over there is what got me is when we first got there, you walk in the barracks, you walk up the steps, and there's all these machines, Coke, snack machines and shit. Oh, vending machines. All right. And there was two other vending machines. One had all Budweiser in it. The other one had all Heineken. Oh, beer vending machines. Yeah, because over there, when I was there, you could drink at 18, isn't it? 18 or 19, whatever. Yeah, yeah the ages yeah. are way lower yeah. everywhere but else. It, but it, it's, right. it doesn't go with that. It has to go with the U.S. military. It might right. be 18 there. It could be 15, but military is still going to be 18 or 21 or whatever the case is. Yeah. But when I got there, I guess it, it, was, it had been 18 or 19 because we had beer machines. And it was a dollar for a beer. And we would empty that thing out on weekends because it was better for them if we drank in the barracks. Yeah. Yeah. We'd At least know where your asses in, are. And getting fights in the barracks and a big deal, you know? Right. <laughs> but, I mean, I was surprised about that. And and then, uh, like, uh, Heineken was the beer of choice over there. Yeah. So uh, I had roommates, and then what happened is we would go buy, like, cases at a time. Cases. So um, back then, uh, they would do a lot of room inspections. So one day we would have a room inspection. So um, – Everything was clean. They walk in. We had a, a female captain. They asked to come to an inspection. Mm-hmm. So she walks in the room. And she's looking around. First thing she sees, I got this big, huge poster framed on my wall. And I don't know if you've ever seen it before, but it's a chick on top of a Maserati, or it's red. 
uh, Lamborghini or something like that, and she spread eagle. You can't see anything, but she's like this. Used to be a, used to be a big thing, uh, and I had a huge. And first thing she sees that she's offended. I want that down right now. And she's not even our commander. I'm like, um, okay. So I take it down. And my first sergeant, he's following her in. He's writing shit down. And then she goes, we have a refrigerator. She opens it up. It's full of beer. I mean, cram full of beer. You think you got enough beer in this thing? Blah, 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 blah. So then that wasn't the worst part. The worst part is our nightstands were not nightstands. There were cases of beer. <laughs> And they, we had put a drape over him so you couldn't see him. So she walks over and put lifts. a drape over him. So she sees, happens to see the corner of one, and she lifts it up. And all of us have, what, four cases of beer in each one of them. <laughs> so she's losing her mind. Yeah. And it, technically, you're only supposed to have one six-pack of beer per person in the room at any given time. Jeez. Oh, my God. <laughs> so she pulls out the regs. And first start, he's writing this shit down. Uh-huh. Crap. Then we have, uh, uh, the way they had the room set up, we had a, a coffee table in the middle and a little, little – uh, Rug, mm-hmm. we had magazines, mm-hmm. not nice magazines, but magazines, Playboy, whatever else. There. Oh yeah. So she magazine. sees those. No, not porn. It was just like Playboy. Oh. So she loses her mind about that. So get rid of these things. So the first time he grabs them up, you know, blah blah blah. They take off. So we're in all kind of trouble. So <laughs> an hour later, an hour later, first time comes back, hands us her magazines back, says, "Here, put your picture back up." He goes. He goes, what the hell are you doing with all this beer in here? And he goes, and he sits down and grabs a beer. First time sitting in there with his drinking, because he always did. I mean, that was one of his things. And he said, don't worry about it, because they went and told the, uh, the colonel <clears throat> about it. And uh, they never invited her again to, to do an inspection, because she was like from the military police, something like that. Huh. They just like they like to get other officers from other companies to come in and do walkthroughs. Oh, okay. <clears throat> and then right at, not too long after that, they, uh, they changed a policy on the barracks that they're, the, they're not allowed to come in and do inspections anymore. Oh. Give more freedom to the... You know, you guys be cleaned up. They do health and welfare inspections. Yeah, like hygiene type yeah, stuff. Yeah, they come in and do that. So that's what they would that do. That makes but, sense. Don't but they used to whole barracks full of staph infection. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, <laughs> well, when I first got there in Italy, you don't, you can only do so many floor plans. You, you had to look like this. You had four people in the room. It was big rooms, but you would only give them like one or two options on how you have your room set up. Yeah, and it's stupid. So when they stopped it, as soon as they said you can do whatever you want, we did the wall lockers and we set them up to like walls so you couldn't see each other's section. It's pretty neat how we did it. But, uh, yeah, at first, man, it was like, you know, this you can leave that this way or this way. And don't have it off because you walk in. If you had one thing that wasn't according to plan, do you got in trouble? Really? Yeah. Like if the bed was this one inch off? Or well, no, if or it was <laughs> different. If, oh. if it, this way, <laughs> if the bed was this way instead of this way, yeah. you know, you get you get a gig or whatever the hell they would do. But uh, when, they, when they came out, at first when they came out and said, we're giving the barracks back to the soldiers, the first sergeants were not happy about it because they had no control. You know, they couldn't go in there and do anything because they'd come in whenever they felt like it. Even on weekends, they'd walk in and, and, and it was, you know, you had no, you had no time yourself, basically. Do whatever. I mean, ours was cool. He didn't do anything. But, right. But, and then, right after that happened, the way it was set up is we had, um, it was a horseshoe. So you had uh, entrance, entrance, and we had the main entrance was right here because we had a day room right here, a big TV and pool table and stuff like that. Yes. And then as you walk through, you make the le- you make a left, and when the horseshoe they stopped, and it was stairs going down. Like you could drive, there was a parking lot, and you could drive through the horseshoe to, to go out. Oh, okay. So, and the rooms on both sides, like you come out of my room, the room across the hall had females in it. Mm-hmm. You know, they had their own because we didn't have a bathroom uh, in the rooms. So you had a, a big, huge bathroom at the end of this hallway, and one at the other end for the females. So we had females on the other side, and I mean, on any given weekend, you wake up and. You know, female come out of your room or you coming out of a female's room. It's just the way it was. Mm. So um, one morning, I was coming out of the female's room. 
Saturday morning, and, and, and we're getting a new first sergeant. So I come out, I come out of a room, you know, with just my shorts on and my shoes, and I'm walking back to my room. And the first, I see this guy standing there, and the first sergeant got his uniform on, and he's a big uh, black dude. And he's looking at me, and his eyeballs got huge. Give me a dirty ass look. Hey, first, how are you doing? I kept walking. He just, I looked back behind me. He's just giving me a look because he's getting ready to go into his office. So I keep going. And then that night, he, uh, or Sunday night, he had a meeting. Everybody in the day room. So we're all in the day room. And the first thing he does is he gets rid of the bear machines. And then he, he puts all the females on one end of the barracks. And he puts a line down. Female, males are not allowed to go on this side. Females aren't allowed to go inside except for the day room. And then if they want to go to the day room, they got to go outside and go around to go to the day room. You couldn't go through the men's. And what happened was he had just come out of uh, Fort Bragg, North Carolina. He was airborne, and he doesn't. He never had any female troops. It was always male. Uh. So this guy, he was just – and so he takes the beer machines out of the room, out of a barracks. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? So what happens? As soon as he did that, we started having people going out the gate to go get drunk and getting in fights, getting arrested. Yeah. And then uh, – don't get caught because he would come in on, I mean, I don't care what time of day or night it was. He'd come in the barracks trying to catch people in, in other rooms. I mean, he, that's how much of an asshole this dude was. Wow. And we tried to, try to you know, we, we tried to talk to people about it. And they just said, hey, he's a first sergeant. He do whatever he wants to do. And uh, luckily, one night he had gone out bowling, hanging out with his buddies, yeah. some of our troops. And one of my friends hung out with him, another black guy. And... Uh, he was some guy pulled into the bowling alley and the first sergeant had his car there. He had a real nice looking car. Mm-hmm. The guy pulled in too close and he and he scraped the bumper barely, not even not much damage to it. Just scraped it, scratched it. Mm-hmm. Guy goes in. He could have just not said anything. He goes up to him and says, "Hey, I need to know who owns this car out here." So they announced it. And the first sergeant he had been drinking pretty good. And they said, "Hey, man, they've been, you know they've been keep announcing for this car. Is it yours? Oh, what about it?" And so he goes outside. He looks. And he goes, hey, man, I'm sorry I did this. I'll pay for the damages. And the first sergeant goes, you motherfucker. And he pulls the dick out and he pisses on the other guy's car. Right on the spot, huh? Yeah, it was fantastic for us because yeah. guess what happened? He got <laughs> relieved of duty. Yeah. He's gone. <laughs> he left. He and I think the, fate. the next week we got a new first sergeant and the beer machines came back. And then the female stayed on their side, but we were allowed to go over there and do you know back and forth. But they didn't. Yeah, but he didn't last long. He just couldn't <laughs> handle it. Wow. Yep. That's he was just way too uptight. Well, huh? yeah, because I mean, you know, he just didn't, didn't learn how to be loose. And well, he doesn't. You, know, you can't do that. You know, you can't. You can't send a guy like that. That's his whole career. He's been in probably Fort Bragg. He's been nowhere where females are. Right, and it's been strictly all of a sudden this way. he's a first sergeant for a unit that's shit half half. I mean, the <laughs> barracks, all our barracks were. It was more than one company. Mm-hmm. It was like maybe five different companies in the barracks. So, and then there was probably you know, 50 females in there and maybe a hundred males, something like that, maybe two to one. And so, I mean, and you're the first art, you're in charge of the barracks. Mm-hmm. You're in charge of all the soldiers in there. And he just couldn't handle it. Having females. He just didn't know how to act. And, wow. I, and that he didn't last long. I, they probably didn't do anything to him. They probably just sent him back to Fort Bragg. Just relocate like him. Yeah. yeah. Sit his ass back or something, but he was gone quick. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, good times in Italy. But that was just, and I, yeah, there's a lot more stuff that I did there before. I, and I was only there two and a half years. I'd, I extended to stay longer, but I got in trouble. So, <laughs> Carl. yeah. Well, so well, I had how to, did you get in trouble? I had, I had to cut my time short. I had to make a deal with the devil to get out of there. Oh, well, wow. what, what happened is we had gotten these two soldiers in, and I don't know where they're from, Kentucky or Mississippi or somewhere in, in the hills, okay? Mm-hmm. And they got sent to Germany. Yeah, and then they were there for like two weeks, and they they put them on a train, sent them to us, and we knew they were coming. We went and picked them up, and brought them in. Well, the problem is, they like to drink, and they were eighteen year olds, and I mean, they drank 
like They're crazy. Wild. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, one of them was not exactly um, used to seeing, uh, you know, anybody other than white people. So they were there a couple of weeks, and um, the one that had an issue just mm-hmm. got to the point where he didn't want to listen, didn't want to do anything, so uh, he would just not get up. And we go to formation, he wouldn't show up. Uh, so the first sergeant, you go to go check on him. So we go check on him. He's, in, he's laying in bed. Get up. You need to go formation. Fuck you. I'm not getting up. So we told first sergeant, so they go to get him. He wouldn't get up. So when he does get up, he's got a uniform. He hadn't washed it. Who knows how long. He shows up. He stinks. He hasn't shaved. The and the guy, he's just, I don't, I don't understand. I mean, something wrong with him? Or? He was just, he was getting a lot of hassle because he couldn't handle being in his room because he was like the only white guy in his room. This guy was a big time racist, big time. Yeah, uh, 18, 19, it was just the way yeah. he was raised, you know? Yeah, it was just his environment. So um, one, one night, they, the, we, all, they, we all got together and we dragged his ass out by his feet, dragged him down the hallway, threw him in the community shower, turned the shower on, and got the scrub brushes out and just... Forced him into forced a bath. Him. Yeah, basically. Did he resist? Of course he resisted. But, you know, it's like <laughs> 10 of us and hold him in the shower because there's only one opening you go in. So, yeah. was uh, it a bunch of black dudes helping yeah. out? <laughs> so, we had him in there and we had the cold water on and we just gave him hell because he was being a dick. I mean, there's no reason for that. Yeah. So, what happened is he gets, so we finally let him go. He runs back to his room, changes clothes, and then he takes off, runs out of the barracks. Well, so what happens? Our office is next door. Mm-hmm. And it's like nine o'clock at night where well, he goes, the door's open. He goes in. And so it happens, our colonel, he was a workaholic. Guy was just a total douche, but he was a workaholic. Only cared about work. Yeah. So he's at work still, and he and so the guy uh, was able to get in the office, and the colonel had a, a secretary, civilian, that used to – so he, he goes to her desk, and he's rummaging around. He finds a pair of scissors. He, I guess he's going to come back and stab us or something with it. Oh, shit. Well, the colonel heard him walks out. He goes, what are you doing? Well, the kid turns around. The colonel like six feet something, he, and, and the kid's like five foot three. <laughs> he, he, he takes off with the colonel and holds a knife up like he's going to stab him or the scissors or the colonel just takes him down throws him down oh shit next thing you know we see lights and everything and MP show up and they got him cuffed and they take him away well it happens to be a four day weekend when he does this so the MPs they don't want to watch him so they say hey guess what he's suicidal and your company needs to put a, somebody on suicide watch so we had to take turns watching him in the cell <laughs> so so um, <laughs> anyways so at the end of the weekend they go well what do you guys want to do with this guy because we can't keep him you got to do something with him so if you're going to file charges on him you got you to do it and then you got to transport him to Camp Darby, Italy where, it's, where we have a prison a small prison mm-hmm. set up and that's, that's uh, Pisa where the Leaning Tower's at that's where our base oh, is okay. Camp Darby so we go, okay. So they're going to do the paperwork. So they go, okay, I need you, me, and this other guy. Uh, we need you two to, to uh, take him over there. So they let him out of jail. We take him back. to you know, he's, he's cuffed and everything. Take him back to his room, grab his duffel bag, fill it full of his military stuff. And, and uh, another company gave us their vehicle. Back then, it was, um, it wasn't, we didn't have Humvees yet. They were cut Vs or basically blazers. With, okay yeah. so they gave us a blazer said, hey why don't you use our blazer it, it, so it was get, getting kind of late so they go okay here's what we're going to do is they, they said they know you're coming it's like a four hour four and a half hour drive they know you're coming when you get there uh, this lieutenant right here mm-hmm. douchebag that he was uh, he's going to he's going to get lodging and things for you so when you get there call him he, he had a beeper and he had a phone and everything else okay so we put him in the truck we take off we get there we get to the prison. The two guards are waiting on us. They take him in. They do the strip search. We got to watch everything because they got to make sure they do everything they're supposed to. And they dump his bag and a couple things he can't take with him. So um, we call. Mm-hmm. Lieutenant don't answer. So we call the beeper. He don't answer. Well, the base is closed. It's a, it's a weekend. We can't find anybody. We got no place to stay. Mm-hmm. So 
uh, the guard says, well, and we were there with the guards trying to call. We're hanging out with him. So he goes, well, we can, we can refuel your truck if you guys want to drive back. I said, yeah, we're going to go back. So they refueled it. So we took off, and we're going down a highway, and I'm driving, and it's pouring down rain. And we're coming out of the mountains, and all of a sudden, I hear something, boom, and the back of the truck just goes up in the air, and I lose, I lose control. The back end just locked up. Mm-hmm. So I drop it in neutral. Doesn't help. And then we lose control. We go sideways. Next thing I know, I'm out. Next thing I know, I wake up. I got the engine right here, right in front of me. What? And what happened is we lost control and went sideways and then flipped. I don't know how many times. So I wake up and I got this truck driver trying to pull me out of the vehicle. So they get me out. My buddy, they get him out. The ambulance shows up, puts us in the ambulance. We take off, go to some Italian hospital somewhere. I got broken ribs, broken ankle. He had broken ribs, concussion, some other stuff. We got lucky. Yeah. But um, so we're in this hospital. They don't speak English. We don't speak Italian. And we can't get them to let us make a phone call. So we're there for two days. All of a sudden, we're sitting there. And uh, all of a sudden, I'll, I look up and see this redhead stick her head in. She goes, hey, are you an American? I said, hey, yeah, I am. She goes, man, good. She, we found you. They had been searching for us. Yeah. Yeah. So like, they, These what, what, happened, what happened is our vehicle, <laughs> our vehicle got put on a flatbed and got taken to someplace. And then that Monday morning, they, they took the flatbed and they drove up to the base we had been at where we dropped him off at and said, here's your truck back. Yeah. Really? Somebody needs to pay me for this vehicle. And they're like, whoa, where did this vehicle come from? Well, we already been reported as missing. Now, he, now the vehicle shows up. Yeah, not a good thing. So they're like, where'd you get this at? So they, wouldn't, they didn't know where, so they sent search people. Uh, and so they found us and they got us out of the hospital and got us back to the base, the American hospital. And they did some checking on us and then we got released, got sent back to our, our room, I mean, our base. So I'm in my room, in bed. For, and my platoon sergeant says, hey, you need to get up and you need to go see the commander right now. So I get up and I got my crutches and I have my, I mean, I go, <laughs> and he's, 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 he's having a meeting. Here. He's having a meeting. Yeah. He goes, I walk in the door. He goes, come over here. So I go over there. He goes, stand at attention. I stand at attention. He goes, he reads me a rights to article 15. They're going to bust me. For what? He said, for, uh, you were told to stay there. You blah, 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 and everything. And, I, and, and it, they wouldn't let me talk. So get out of my office. Get out. And right in, they did this in the middle of a meeting, which is a no-no. And just for one thing, he should never have done that. Okay, so, so basically what ended up happening is I, get, I go back to my room, and I'm laying there. And then my platoon sergeant walks in, and, and I said, what happened? He goes, well, the commander, when all this happened, he wasn't here because even though we're a battalion there, our higher headquarters was in Germany. That's where our, the big wigs, the general, and that, our general is. So he was at a meeting with all the general and all the other colonels mm-hmm. when somebody came in the middle of a meeting and said, we got a problem. Two of your soldiers are missing. Made him look bad in front of his general, his commander. Why would that make it, you look it's bad? It's just, it all has to do with it's weird ego shit. Yeah. Well, promotion, you know, you got, yeah. you, to look, you want to look perfect. Yeah. So, uh, you know, they do that. So they go, okay. Um, oh, I already knew they were going to do this. That's the thing. So he wouldn't let me talk. So I walk out and I walk out and then the meeting's over and the major comes out. I said, you need to go tell the colonel that I want a court martial right now. Because my option was either I take the Article 15, I get busted down to nothing, and I'm gone. And what's Article 15? You're just Article 15, is, which means I'm basically saying I'm, you know, I'm guilty, whatever the case is. And that's where uh, they, they bust you down, take money. They, no, they, they bust okay. your rank down, and they take money. Oh, take your pay, yeah, decrease your pay for whatever amount of time. Yeah. So I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. I want to, I want to, um, I want a court martial. And what that does is that that's a, a peer review or something. Oh, it's just it's. 
pain in the ass for them because now I can do all this paperwork and I, I don't have to do anything. I'm just, you know, if they're going to get me, I'm going to make them work for it. Right. You know? <laughs> so my buddy, he was in the same boat. Uh, same thing happened, you know, because he, he, he was hurt and uh, they did the same thing. They, they brought him in. But the, the thing is, I don't, I, I realize this after the fact that they really could only get the senior occupant in the vehicle. And he outranked me. We we're both E4s, but he'd been E4 longer than I have. So technically, they couldn't have got me in trouble. Uh. But so um, all this is going on. And then um, I still had the paperwork home. I should have, if I know, I, I would have brought it. But what happened was yeah, the, the, the colonel's secretary, the civilian, well, her husband is a colonel. And her husband and my colonel can't stand each other. So what happened was the major, what they did is they sent the major to find the vehicle to look at it to do a report. So he did his report. He brought it back, and uh, he gave it to the colonel. And she was listening. And she and the colonel says, "What? Are you kidding me? You need to rewrite this." And he and he takes it, and rips it in half, throws it in the garbage. He walks out and throws it in the garbage. Well, she takes it out of the garbage. He makes a copy of it. And so later on that night, I'm in my room and I see something sliding under my door. I pick it up and look at it, and it's uh, his the major's review on the bottom. This is what it says. Sold. Okay, here's what happened to the vehicle. Okay. While, while I was going, while the army. What the army did is, after I was there for a while, they had got rid of retreads because mm-hmm. they used to retreads. They stopped doing that. No more retreads. It has to be. And we had a big war reserve in uh, Italy that kept vehicles in case of war. Well, they started taking them out and using them because you know they, they don't do any good sitting in there. Right. When they took this Just vehicle out, away. the one that they loaned us still had the old tires on it. Retreads. So what uh, happened when I was coming out of the mountains? When the retread came loose, not all the way. Oh, it came loose and it got and it what happened? It wrapped around the axle and it it just locked Lucky. my rear end up. Wow! So I dropped it neutral. It didn't do any good, and that's when I lost control because it just went sideways and flipped. Yeah. So I didn't know this at the time, but um, so when I got the report, I read the bottom. It says on the bottom, conclusion: soldier failed to anticipate. The tire would explode. So basically, I was supposed to be psychic. I was supposed to know it was going to happen. What? Yeah. So when the colonel saw that, he goes, you can't know. You need to rewrite this. So he threw it in garbage. Well, I got a copy of it from her. That's yeah. what I found later on. She's the one. Every time they did something, she made a copy and gave it to me. And then I had, I had to get a lawyer, you know, a JAG lawyer. I gave him uh, all my paperwork. He's looking at this stuff going, are these people idiots or what? <laughs> <laughs> so they did an investigation. They found out when they did a check on the tires, there was a retread. Yeah. So basically, it wasn't my fault. So they... They couldn't get me for that, so they went after me for disobeying a lawful order because I didn't spend the night. Now, here's the thing. I couldn't get a hold of Lieutenant. Lieutenant Lai goes, well, he never called me. The problem is I had two prison guards. Well, I sat in their office drinking coffee with them for two hours trying to get them to yeah. – I was using their phone because we didn't have cell phones then. It was just pagers or, or landlines, yeah. mm-hmm. and nobody would answer the phone, and I couldn't get a place to stay, so we had to make a command decision. Okay, they wouldn't let us – I would have slept in the cell if they would have let me, but they said, no, we can't do that. So they said, we can refuel you and send you on your way. Because those guys were E7, two E7s. They were higher rank. We weren't it. So they, they knew the deal. So um, I got statements from them and all this stuff. So then luckily the, the, the base, not, not the base commander, the general, but the one underneath them, the, the colonel, whatever, mm-hmm. he's a smart guy. What he does every time something like this happens, he puts a review board together first. He got these warrant officers together, and they brought me in, and they questioned me. So I sat down with all this paperwork. So these were not okay, specialists, tell us what happened. So I told them what happened. I said, this lieutenant didn't answer his pager, didn't answer his phone. We called and called for over an hour. They had no place to stay, made a decision. And I told them exactly what happened. They're all looking at each other. And then they go, okay, 
And I gave them the paperwork to show it to them, and they're, and they're like looking at each other. So I walk out. So I'm sitting in my room. So all of a sudden, um, I get a call. I got to go see the base commander. Okay. Sounds so, like a big deal. Yeah. So <laughs> I go in there and I walk in and, you know, I report, salute, and everything. And he goes, ah, at ease. He goes, okay, here's the thing. We reviewed this with the warrant officers, and yeah, he goes, you go to court martial, you're going to win. I already told you, Colonel, he needs to drop the charges because it wasn't your fault. We got witnesses. He goes, this current, this lieutenant didn't answer his phone like he's supposed to. And, um, you know, da, 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 da. he said, uh, he said, I need you to, I need you to drop the, 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 you know, drop the thing for the court martial. I said, okay. But I, I said, I have a problem. He goes, what's the problem? I said, I just extended for two years. He said, I said, okay. I said, but that Colonel's going to be here for another two years. Yeah, I said, he's got two years good. to get me. Yeah. He says, so what do you want to do? I said, well, I want out of this. He goes, okay, I'll make it happen. We'll get you out of your extension. So next thing I know, uh, I got back and then I got my extension pulled and then I was gone within about two months, got on a plane and flew out. Where did you end up going? Fort, uh, Fort Houston. I went to Hunter Army Airfield, Savannah, Georgia. Great. Oh. Another great duty station. But the thing is, back then, when you leave, when you clear, they give you a, an envelope with your 201 file, which is your military file, has all your stuff in it, mm-hmm. everything. So I had my 215, I'm sitting on a plane, so I decided to open it up and look at it. So I opened it up, and that son of a bitch, that colonel had put a reprimand, a letter of reprimand, inside of my file without telling me. Even though they dropped the charges, it wasn't my fault, because they found out that the, when the tire was retread mm-hmm. and the lieutenant had lied, everything, so it wasn't, it wasn't my fault. Right. But he still, to make him, because he got pissed off because it made him look bad, he put a letter of reprimand and tried to sneak it in my records, which, for promotion-wise... That's you know, they, yeah, they see this in there and it get me in trouble. He tried to sneak in it. So when I found it, I pulled it out, threw it, out ripped it up, threw it away. Nice. Yeah, he tried to eat it. So you can't do that, dude. But dude, what? I don't understand. What? And nothing happened to morons, high-ranking morons. Well, the lieutenant got or lying. He, lieutenant got taken oh. out of the unit, put somewhere else because he got transferred. Well, he had to because me and him in the same unit, it wouldn't. It would have been ugly. Right. Because, it's bound to. Yeah. 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 It's not if it's when. Yeah. Y'all so, but um, and, and what I am doing to the, the kid? He ended up. He was there locked up for maybe two weeks. And they decided instead of uh, court-martialing him, they're just going to kick him out of the Army. He hadn't been in that long. They're going to kick him out. Here's the funny part. The colonel that tried to get me, mm-hmm. and they had to go up to Germany for a change of command ceremony. Him and his wife and a bunch of guys, they all take a train. They go up there. Right before they leave, my first sergeant says, hey, I need you to do me a favor. I need you and Williams, the guy that was hurt, to take a vehicle and go get this guy out of jail. I'm looking at him. I say, you serious? You're going to send this up again? <laughs> he goes, yeah. Yeah. He thought it was funny. So we go up there. We go up there in the middle of the daytime. We get there, and the, the two guards come out, and they see us. And they're, hey, man, you guys okay, man? You know, yeah, we're okay. You know, we're limping and everything. Yeah. Got oh, your shit. and shit on. <laughs> yeah. He goes, uh, but Williams drove because my, my right ankle, my, my gas was messed up. Yeah. So I said, well, where is he? Well, he, does, he refused to come out of his cell. Why? Because he doesn't want to get in a vehicle. You afraid he's going to die. <laughs> So, so they guys are bad luck. So they, yeah, you guys so they, got a reputation. So, so, ain't good. So these, these two guards are laughing their asses off. They yeah. go, so they go get in there, bring him out, and they put him in the vehicle. And, and I, I said, "You want to drive? We'll let you drive back." You know, you'll, uh, I said, "Just shut up and get your ass back." <laughs> well, we get back and they end up letting him out. But right after that happened, mm-hmm. um, we had to. They get back and go. Well, you got, we still need you to go to Germany. Yeah, and we had the colors, you know, the flags, everything with us. So. We, we rented, uh, they, they gave us orders. They rented us a car. It was a BMW. Uh-huh. And uh, it was me, Williams, and we had this German girl. It was in the military with us. What happens if, if 
because she joined the, her. She had American citizenship, but she was born in Germany. Because of that, she can't be stationed in Germany. Mm-hmm. She, but she'd be in Italy. You know what I'm saying? Like me, I was born in France, but I can't be stationed. If we had bases, I don't think I could be stationed there because it's a conflict of interest if something happens. Okay, okay, okay. So she gets in the vehicle. She speaks German, so it's great for us. We get in the vehicle. We got the flag and everything. So we take off, and I'm driving, and, you know, we go through the mountains. And beautiful. I mean, we get so we get to Germany, and she speaks German, so we're able to fill up and everything. So we get there that morning or that after, just in time. They're getting all headed for the parade field. The colonel's wife and everything, they're walking up, and I pull up next to him in a BMW, and I roll the window down, and the colonel sees me driving. Dude, he is livid. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what are you doing Very in that sweet. car? What are you driving? Blah, 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 blah. And I just kept on driving. We get to the parade field. We get the flags out and everything. We do our thing. And then the first sergeant got his butt chewed out for it, but he, th- he said it was worth it. He said, yeah, it was worth it. Was it. Worth that it. colonel was just a total dick. <laughs> he deserved it. His name was Batagli. No, his name was uh, Fortunato, Fortunato Persichini. He was Italian. Italian heritage. Oh, oh Jesus. Yeah. But what uh, a name. But yeah, he was just call him Colonel Douchebag. Yeah, pretty much. I don't <laughs> Jesus. I don't know. I don't know. That's crazy. I don't know where he I don't know what he ended up at as far as rank or what I never ran into him again, thank God. But it was total dick. Now in the military, I guess in your experience, uh did like high ranking douchebags get away with shit like that? Well, it it depends. You know, you get some guys that are total, you know, Maniac when it comes to rank, and you get some guys are really cool as hell. Yeah, you got the yeah ones that cool. actually yeah, need yeah, to be yeah, the yeah. commanders, and then you got the narcissistic yeah. ego. It's like it's like uh, when I was there, um, my job in Italy was mm-hmm. as an E four because what happened when I came in the military, I already had a, a secret, I already had a clearance mm-hmm. because when I worked security out here installing burglar and fire alarms, we had a contract with the government. Okay, so I had to get cleared. I had to go to the downtown police station, whatever, and I had to. Do paperwork, and I had a clearance. So when I joined the military, it didn't wasn't hard for me to get a clearance because you already been approved before. And, and, so yeah, and so the my MOS requires me to be able to have a clearance because it's that kind of MOS. Yeah. So if I get in trouble, I get Article 15, I lose my clearance. I can't be in that. They got to give me a different MOS. I can't be in that job anymore. So when I got there, I already had a clearance. So it was like, wow, this makes it easy. So mm-hmm. my job was, I used to have to order aircraft all the time for. We had an airborne unit there. They had to jump all the time because they got to do like one jump a month. To get, they get extra jump pay, so I have to uh, do it. I have to, so what happened is when I was there, we had an issue where we had nukes in another country, okay. And this country, uh, their government wasn't all that good, and they were afraid they might get overthrown. It had a lot of demonstrations, so the U.S. decided we need to get these nukes out of here. So what happened was every so many times they rotate them out. So what they did is I had to order aircraft, and they were going to take dummy nukes and they were going to switch them out, put dummies there and then take the real ones out so they had this meeting this basement so i was gonna have to go to it because i had to find out what kind of aircraft they needed so a couple days before that happened me and my buddy are walking down the road headed to burger king or something on base and there's this guy across the road on the other side on a bicycle goes by and you know i kind of catch him corner of my eye all of a sudden we hear click 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 because behind us i look over and here he comes i turn around i said he stops i said sir and i stopped my salute he goes what are you supposed to do when you see a an officer and he was a major i said we're supposed to salute. He goes, why didn't you salute me when I was going the other way? I said, sir, we didn't see you over there. That's, that's no excuse. What? I'm like, <laughs> you didn't see me. That's no I'm excuse. Like, I'm like, you're on the other side of the road. He goes, what company? He goes, I want to see your commander, and I want to see your first sergeant in my office. He goes, my office is right over there, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So we go eat. We come back, and I tell my, <laughs> go eat. I tell my major, uh, my XO, the major, I said, this, this major so-and-so stopped us, and so we went to see the colonel. And I, and I said, uh, uh, 
he goes, what are you talking about? He goes, he goes, I'm not going to see him. I'm a colonel. <laughs> so the major went and talked to him. The major went and talked to him. Yeah, and then come see my ass. And he goes, he goes, uh, and the major came back. He said, yeah. He goes, he told me the same thing. He was on the other side of the road and a bicycle going by. You guys were way over here. He goes, I, I don't expect a salute from way, way, I mean, come on. I'd never get to where I'm going if I had to salute everything that moved, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's fucking stupid. So, okay. So that happened. So sure as shit, they're having this, this big meeting, big hush hush meeting. So I'm the one doing air support. So I go to this underground in this building downstairs and it's a, like a cage door you go in because they, they have their meetings in there. Mm-hmm. I walk in the door and there's all officers in there except maybe one or two enlist, you know, one or two NCOs. And here I am in E4, I walk in the door and there's that major and he's running, he's running the meeting. Oh shit. What are you doing here? I said, I'm the, I'm the air op guy. He goes, no, I don't want you in here. I want an officer in here. <laughs> Dang. I'm not going to have some E4 in here. You know, this is a classified meeting, and this is something big, and I don't need no E4, especially someone you don't know how to salute. Okay. So I turn, I'll walk out, go back. I'll walk back to the office. I'll walk in until major. I said, it looks like uh, I'm not making a meeting. He goes, what do you mean? He said, I said, he doesn't want me. And I, he, first of all, I'm not an officer, number two, about the salute thing. He goes, okay. <laughs> okay. He goes, go back to work. So sure as shit, they get a call 10 minutes later. Hey, we're waiting on the officer to get here because we need aircraft. He goes, no. He goes, Especially so he Freeman, he goes, go back to the meeting. So I walk in the door, and that major's having a fucking fit again. <laughs> oh, goddamn sent them to an officer. And, and so he, picked up, he calls our office, and the officer says, he is the air guy. <laughs> I, no, one, no officer in here is air. We don't even know how to order aircraft. If either he does it, or you guys don't get in the airplanes. Bottom line. <laughs> so then he makes me Suck sit up. up. He won't Buttercup. let me sit at the table. He makes me sit up against the wall. Oh, I'm, not, I'm, not allowed, I'm not allowed to talk. <laughs> While they're going through all this. Yeah, in time out. Yeah. So then they, they do all the paperwork. They hand it to me. As the meeting's over, he hands it to me. He says, I need his aircraft. So I walk back here to the colonel. The colonel got, he, oh, dude, he lost it. He called this dude. He, he made the major come to him. And they had it out in the office. Because he's sick of him yeah, being he a goes, whiny he bitch. Goes, yeah. He, and he, he says, he says you're going to sit down with my specialist at his desk. And you can sit down and you can explain to him exactly what you want, how you want it. And he had to come back and sit with me. And he, and, we, and he was a nice guy once he sat down with me. He was all smiles and shit. <laughs> Damn. Because he, he had got his he got butt checked. chewed out. Yeah. But once he sat down, I talked to him. I had to deal with him after that a few times. And it, I never had an issue with him after that. But I said, that was weird. Yeah. And then one of the funny weird, thing, funny thing weird is. Weird ego shit. The meeting's over. And they're walking out. And there's this big black major. His last name is Freeman. Same as mine. <laughs> so he walks by me and goes, hey, cuz, what's up? And he keeps on walking. So after that, I swear to God, I ran into this dude probably three or four more times in Italy. Yeah. He's hey, cuz, what's up? And everybody's like, what the hell? And then I ran into him like a couple years later at some other base. Oh, really? I was oh. eating. I was eating. And this guy walks up to me. He slaps me in the back. I look up and there's this major. He goes, hey, cuz, I remember you. <laughs> I'm like, holy shit, dude. But some are, some are cool and some are just total assholes. It it's all has to do with their careers. You know, they just, you know, they, they're trying to make their way up. Uh, oh, how they see yeah. themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Where they're and going. some people don't care. Like, that guy, I told you, the guy that was a real good looking guy, his, uh, oh, yeah. he, his boss was a major and his guy was way overweight. Way overweight, but he was a cool guy. I mean, he calls by our first name and everything. You know, you, you don't do that with officers. You call them by their rank, you know, uh, and their name. That, but it's okay for them to call you by your first name, unless you have a problem with it. You tell them they'll call you by your your last name, whatever. But, but he was a cool guy. But anyways, uh, he ended up losing a lot of weight. Anyways, so maybe he was a major. Maybe six or seven years later, I'm in Fort Eustis, Virginia, and I'm a, I'm an I'm an instructor. Okay, so we're moving some furniture into this building mm-hmm. so we got this couch and we're pulling out the back of the truck and this vehicle pulls up 
these two uh, flags on it with two stars. Mm-hmm. Dude gets out, opens the door, this two-star general gets out. He starts walking the building. I'm holding the couch. He looks at me. I look at him. <laughs> and it's that major. He's a two-star or something like a one-star maybe. I don't know. One-star, I think. He, he made general? Yeah. He goes, oh, holy shit. shit. <laughs> he goes, <laughs> he goes. they made you an E6. I said, holy shit, they made you a general. <laughs> and he walks in the building. He's going to a meeting. So we get the couch out and we go and put it up. And, mm-hmm. then, and then we come back out and his aide, the captain, standing there. And he just starts going off. You know who the fuck? Yeah, I was a general you were talking to. Uh, yeah, I know him. Yeah, I know him from years ago. That's not the way you talk to a general. Oh my goodness! Okay, I said. Wow. I said. Okay, I said, sir. I said he started it. I don't care. He said you don't talk to a general like that when there's other people around. Fuck you. It's like, well, I gotta wait till we're private so, to yeah. talk. Yeah. Back. So, so basically, <laughs> so no. basically, I'm in the building doing something, and uh, the general comes out of the meeting that we're having, and he's getting a cup of coffee, talking to somebody. And he walks to, hey, what's going on? I say, hey, you need something to do, do something with that, that captain yours back there. He's he's pretty tight wound in there. I told him what happened. He goes, ah, just tell him to go fuck off or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so and it, I mean, in general, he was cool as shit, you know. But it's it all depends. You know, it all depends. Uh, I guess he finally got where he wanted to be, and now yeah. he's chilled. Yeah, he I lost mean, all that. I guess wh- he was chilled the whole time, right? Yeah, he was chilled when I knew him. But uh-huh. I, I was surprised because I I did, I did a double take because he had lost so much weight because he had been threatening to lose weight. Oh, you know, because yeah, you either lose it or you get yeah, the, or you're gone. You're and he lost nowhere. a lot of weight fast. He didn't look good the first time he did it, but then oh shit. Uh, he ended up when I saw him. Yeah, you you couldn't. I mean, by looking at him, you could never tell he'd been that big. I mean, he looked good, but uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's some of these guys are cool, and some are just told douchebags. So. No, no in between, <laughs> huh? No. Huh? No, not, not, that's just the way it is. But. Yeah, that's well. It's but just in, in, in my job, you know, as I moved up because I made I, I retired at E7, so I got higher rank, and you you spend a lot more time working with a lot of officers and stuff like that. And most of my work with are cool. I mean, I so I had I had a lieutenant and. Um, he was married, and uh, he was. Uh, we were we we're in a detachment. Detachment. You don't you don't have a real commander. They usually put a lieutenant, and it's not a it's not considered a command because you know you have to command time to get promoted as an officer. Mm-hmm. But it was just waiting. It's just a slot, and he was kind of laid back. So um, he his wife was from Alaska, and then and then he told her he goes. I told my wife if she joins the military, she's out of we're divorcing. That's what he told. Well, she joined. So see ya. Uh-oh. So she was gone. So one day uh, we had to do an exercise at the port of Savannah where we had to see how fast we could load a ship in case we had to deploy. It was just a, you know, so we had these rail, rail cars come in with equipment from Fort Bragg or whatever. Mm-hmm. They unload it. We're loading the ship. Well, we have our tent set up on the port and all of our stuff we're doing all, you know, we scan everything going on. Well, this female comes in and she's lieutenant. She just losing her mind. Blah, 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 blah. Good looking too. I'm like, blah, 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 blah. Where's your <laughs> commanding officer? And he, he wasn't there. He'd taken a week, weekend off. He goes, you guys can handle this. I'm like, okay, we got it. Well, she wouldn't leave us alone. So finally, I called him. I said, hey, sir, you need to get over here. He said, I said, I got this lieutenant. And she just, she just losing her mind. He goes, well, you can handle it. I said, sir, what, what if I tell you she's single and she's hot? He goes, I'll be right there. <laughs> <laughs> Click. So he gets in uniform. He shows up, see what's going on. And she walks in. They start talking. They end up getting married. Really? Um, like a year later, they got kids now. I ran into him when I was That's in Af- because of you. <laughs> yeah. So I ran into him in Afghanistan. I was doing something. And then uh, oh, I, came yeah. around, I came around the corner. And he's a major. I'm like, hey, what's going on? Because uh, my ex-wife's name was Tracy and his wife's name was Tracy. Yeah. Uh, so and we got, you know, we knew each other and everything. Yeah. And uh, so it was pretty cool because I ran into him over there and, and, and he was working with the Air Force. He was doing his army. And uh yeah, he had made major and everything, and they were still married. And he goes, and they got like two or three kids now. She's out. She got out. 
in the military. But uh, yeah, how There's long still, she ended up serving? Oh, I don't know. Like his wife, years. I don't know how long she was in. Uh, I don't know how long she'd been in, but uh, but yeah. Once I got her, once I got him in there, I said, you know, hey, she's she's single and she's hot. I'll be right there. Click. <laughs> <laughs> Just like and that. like an hour later, he yeah. shows up in his car and uniform. <laughs> all dressed, check all on spiffy. see how you guys are doing. <laughs> Where, where's she at? I said, she'll, <laughs> she'll be she back at? in a minute because she has paperwork she has to bring back. She goes walking in and and he didn't know her. I mean, he goes, oh. right. so uh, yeah, I'm the. Uh, I'm the I'm their boss. So what's going on here? Uh, <laughs> These blah, blah, boys blah, 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 blah. being bad. So let's go. So he takes off where they go talking. So next thing I know, we're doing our look uh, stuff on the port and everything. I look over and they're off the corner talking, and talking and talking forever. Next thing I know, like, you know, they looking you know, intimate. I, no, not uh, yet. But they were just like <laughs> interesting. Yeah, interested in each other. other. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Wow. But they end up getting married later on, and they got kids now and everything. So I'm like, yeah, that's one way to get you know. That's like, one way to handle the situation. <laughs> like, yep, Somebody just me. needed some dick. You know what I'm yeah. <laughs> That's yep. what was wrong with her. It's all wound up. Yeah, I was like, wow, man. I said, dude, sheesh. You couldn't, you know. Yep, but I got that <laughs> situation taken care of. <laughs> Real quick. Yeah, win win. Yeah. That's great. That's a good story. Oh, man. And that's just, you know, that's just stuff that continued. I mean, yeah. because, you know, I've been to where I've been to. Italy, then I went to Hunter, then I went to Korea, then Fort Eustis, Virginia, then Korea, then back to Fort Eustis, then I went to Honduras oh. for yeah, six uh, months, and then uh, uh, they, they well, where I go back. I came back, and then they sent me back. I, I did like two tours in Korea, which was ridiculous. One, one's enough. Yeah, and you served in the Gulf War, right? Oh, yeah. That was your first combat yeah, experience? Yeah, that was uh, in uh, – we were in Savannah, Georgia. Uh-huh. And uh, I was in a detachment. We only had like seven, seven of us, and we were attached to another unit mm-hmm. because we didn't have enough people to have our own company. We were fifty first trans detachment. We had our own flag and everything, but we fell under a quartermaster battalion, a, a company, and our higher headquarters was actually in Fort Bragg, which was only like four hours away. Uh-oh. But all we, my, our job was we ran airfield. We had a, uh, we had a, uh, an old hangar way back on the back of the airfield. That was our office. We used to do like hush stuff with like the uh, with the uh, uh, Ranger Battalion. They would deploy out of our out of our hangar. We stuff like that. We did stuff like that. Oh, okay. And um, so the way a write up of our unit was, if all hell broke loose and war broke out somewhere, we were supposed to pack our stuff up and head to Fort Bragg. Uh, basically, put all our stuff in storage, and then go to Fort Bragg. They would call us, you know, and we we're just going to take off and head over there. They but the way is Fort Bragg would call us and say. You know, you need to be here on this date. Basically, we would put all the stuff in storage, and then we would go there, and then we hook up with them, and we would deploy to, to war wherever the war was. That's the way it was supposed to be. Right. So, ground, war, you know, it's time to go to, to, to Saudi know, Arabia. Saudi Arabia. Well, we're not supposed to go. Okay, we were told Fort Bragg said we don't need you guys. You're not going. Okay. I continue running air. So we were doing all the air stuff, getting all the planes out, all the people out. Well, our unit were attached to said, "We're going. You're going." We're like, well, we don't, it, we don't care. Get your shit, pack your stuff up. It's time for you're war. going. Yeah, you're going with us. Yeah. Okay. So we lo- <laughs> we we only have one truck and a trailer. That's all we have. Okay. So we take all our stuff and, and uh, we got smart and I got me and the other guys together because we had one female in our unit. We didn't take her with us because we weren't taking her. So um, we we when I said I got the guys together, say, hey, let's do this. We're all in the barracks. We're all single, anyways. I said. Let's go rent a storage unit. We'll all put money in, and we take take our stuff, 
out of our barracks because I had a truck and uh, no, I didn't have a truck at the time. Some other guys had some vehicles. We just take all our stuff and store it instead of letting the army store our stuff because that way when we get back we could just take it out right away. Right. So they're like, okay, we can do that. I said, okay, so um, we did that, and then uh, the female we had, we weren't going to take her. We had already decided because one female and there's seven of us, and she was ugly anyways, and. <laughs> We'd gone a long time. She'd probably start looking good, and we didn't really want that. Happen. <laughs> so it didn't, a it, it didn't matter because what she ended up doing is she ended up getting herself pregnant. She was married. Mm. Well, she has four or five kids because every time she thought she was going to have to go somewhere, she would get herself pregnant. That's how she got out of deploying. No. I mean, oh. I'm sorry, but that's just the way it was. I mean, right, yeah. All the other females I knew didn't do that, but she was just one. We always, we always knew. I told our uh, lieutenant at the time, I said, you know she's going to come out pregnant. And then sure as shit, she walked in. Yeah. A note dropped in front of him. She's pregnant. She can't go. And we, she walked out. We all started laughing. We all started laughing. So, uh, anyways, I wonder, I wonder if she told her children later. In their <sighs> yeah, they're all lives, deployments. Uh, your deployment babies. Yeah, your 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 desert, <laughs> like, desert storm yeah. and your <laughs> your Iraq. Yeah, yeah. Like but, Iraq. Yes, that's <laughs> But um, so oh she didn't God. go with us. So uh, we're getting ready to deploy, and at the last minute, they said, "Well, the lieutenant that we're supposed to have, they uh, took him." They took him away from us because that even though we were a detachment, the lieutenant belonged to the to the unit we're attached to. They, right. He wasn't a Fort Bragg guy. Yeah. So they said we're we're taking him, putting him somewhere else. So we deployed. So we get there, and you know we fly there. Well, we load stuff up on the ship, and it left. And then what a month, or whatever later, we flew there because we had to get there the same time our equipment did. Mm-hmm. So we get there, and uh, we find our truck and trailer, and not everything's there because they, everything was put on two different ships. So the other ship was doing. So we're, we're basically sitting on the port. We're just laid out on the ground. Hot as hell, just laying there, and you know I'm got my backpack and I'm just laying there. All of a sudden, this vehicle pulls up. I don't pay attention to it. All of a sudden, this guy kicks me. I look up and there's this green beret sergeant major. I guess he, was, he had a green beret on. That's I'm oh, right. They're the only ones, right? I'm looking for the mighty 51st trans. I'm like, uh, get up, sergeant major. You found us. <laughs> it's <a laughs> like five or six of us. He goes, where's your stuff? I said, truck's right there. He goes, all right, get your stuff all loaded up. I'll be right back. So he goes and he talks to our sergeant major, which is a total douchebag. Yeah, sorry, he's the one that made us go. Well, mm-hmm. I, I found so they're in there in there because the sergeant major he deployed with us, and uh, that's that's another story. But he ended up he he shouldn't have been there. Okay, so he's in this air conditioned building, and we're all sitting out there roasting to death. So yeah. he goes in there and you hear him arguing in there. I don't give a fuck. I'm taking him. We go. He goes. Let's go. So we get in the vehicle, and my guy cranks it up, and we all pile in. And we, and as soon as we take off, we're following his vehicle. They had, they had a Humvee. We get out, we get out the gate. Mm-hmm. He steps out and he's laughing. He walks up to us. He goes, "So he goes, uh, I just want to let you know that that Sergeant Major and I went to school together. He's a total idiot." <laughs> <laughs> he goes, "And we're out of Fort Bragg, and we heard that they brought you, and you're not supposed to be here. So we decided, you know, if they're going to bring you, we're not going to take you away from them. Uh, so yeah, follow right. us. So we end up downtown. And what happened is, uh, a lot of the places down in Saudi Arabia, like it was a they took us as compound, and it was all walled off and buildings everything. and everything. It, it was supposed to be a Mercedes-Benz dealership that was being built. But uh-huh. instead, the U.S. government ended up uh, leasing it. Commandeering it? Yeah, no, they, they leased it. They were paying oh, for it, but it was already yeah. walls. So they had towers up and everything, and they had guards and everything. So they said, okay. Uh, we, had, we had an E5 with us named Little John. This guy was a total idiot. But So we, <laughs> so we get there, and, and, and Sergeant Major says, okay, take your stuff into these tents. And just relax, and we're going to let you guys get climatized because it takes about two weeks to get climatized here. Because you're laying on your cot, you're sweating. Within two weeks, you're climbing in your sleeping bag. That's how. That's the way 
it was over there. You just, you know, because the weather, but you climatize, you know, you get, so we're in there. So they, uh, they get us an E6. They found us an E6. This black dude, it came in there and they, they attached him to us. And then they, they found this, uh, this, uh, captain. Cause, uh, once we deployed, say, say you're like Afghan and Iraq, say you want to go over there because you want to get that combat patch. You want to get that pay and your unit's not going, you could get on the list. I think DA had a website or something like that. You could actually get yourself on the list to volunteer to go. So if they had an opening for your MOS, they'd call you and say, hey, we got an opening, pack your shit, you're going. And you, yeah. you would go to that with that unit. So this captain shows up out of school and he needed somebody, so they attached him to us. So we're saying they were doing nothing, man, for like, you know, nothing. He kept going, he kept going to the meetings and uh, what about us? What about us? And they, they, they got tired of hearing it. Finally, the, the, the colonel whatever says, he goes, I don't care. Take your guys and leave and go find something to do. <laughs> so he comes in there. He goes, pack your shit. Where are we going? He goes, I don't know. <laughs> we're going. I'm like, he we can't just take off out the gate. This is Saudi Arabia. Where are we going to go? Yeah, we don't even, yeah. There's no we internet. There's inter no internet. There's no cell phones and shit back then. Mm -hmm. So, And this is... Nineteen ninety. Ninety one. Ninety ninety one. So um we're packing up and he takes off with the truck with one of our guys. And they leave they leave out the compound. He comes back like two hours later, he goes, Okay, I found I found us a place to stay. Cool. So we pack up, we take off two hours down. We're in the desert going down a highway. We pull off the desert and there's because back then that back you had just units everywhere, you know, just all in in the desert. So we pull in this unit and they're like uh Get in the gate. We we go in, and he goes, okay. They made a deal with these guys that we were going to help them move because the units. What they kept doing is when they got there, they would set up, and then they would slowly jump. They would you know grab their stuff, and they'd move closer and closer to the, the uh, border uh, before the ground war started. Yeah. So what they were doing is, they were they wanted us to track their equipment that was moving. Mm -hmm. So we made a deal. You let us stay in your compound, use your showers, shitters, and everything else, and we will track your and we'll track your stuff for you. And then we eat. You go, okay, they made it. Okay, so that's that's what we did. We we went in this, with this unit. We stayed with them for a couple weeks until they jumped. And then we got done. We packed up our stuff, and, and the captain would go and find another unit to d make a deal with. And that's what we did for six months, eight months. We just had nothing to do, so we, we he would go find units that needed help doing stuff. Yeah. So, um, we find this unit, this National Guard unit, and they're getting abused bad because they've got. Uh, Het, they're called HETs, Heavy Equipment Transports, and they transport the tanks in once. Oh, yeah. And the problem is these tank commanders didn't want to drive their tanks as little as possible. So what they would do is they make the HETs, the HETs were supposed to stay on the hardball, the highway. Mm -hmm. They would make them go off-road with it and drive into the desert. But the problem is those tires, you know, there's like 30-something tires on these freaking trailers. Yeah. They wouldn't last. they start blowing. As soon as they blow too many tires... The tanks would drive off, and they would take off and leave the trucks out in the middle of the desert with the driver. Oh, really? he'd, have to, he'd have to unhook and then drive his truck back, Yeah. and then they have to go out there. So we end up, we, we end up making a deal with them. We took control. So then they, these units just couldn't do that to them because it, they were taking advantage of the National Guard unit. They were like, you know, your National Guard, we're active. You do what we say. Well, like, not anymore. We took over. Like, no, this is the deal. You want a truck, you got to do this paperwork, what you want it for. And then we started riding with the drivers. So I rode with the driver, yeah. and he was – tanks there were like three or four tanks uh we got to desert and then the commander takes off and goes in desert i said stop and we and, the, and the, these are good old boys from like arkansas they had cbs and shit so they get on there and stop so everybody stops so then the commander's like waving at him and we're like i'm like no so the <laughs> captain walks up to me he goes he goes special i just told you he, i said we're not going off the hardball sir i said this was in the briefing 
my captain told you that we do not take these trucks off the hardball. If you want your tanks, you can take them off now. He goes, who do you think you're talking to? He goes, sir, we, we can radio back and talk to him. So we radioed back to the captain. Captain said, either tell him to take it off. No, he, he said, he said, matter of fact, put them on the radio. So they got them already. He goes, and I heard him. He goes, either you take your tanks off there now, or I'm going to have the trucks turn around and bring the tanks back. <laughs> oh, shit. So he got all pissed off and they had to take the tanks off from the hardball. We made a U-turn, went back because it was we had a hard time getting tires for those things. The tires. Yeah, were, well, that's just a when we waste got of supplies. When we got there, they had three other trailers that they weren't using because they were having to use the tires off those trailers to keep the other ones going. Mm. So what happened is if they had to jump, like they had to move their base, the truck company, they mm. had to take tires and put like half the tires on one trailer and ride it empty to the next place because they couldn't put anything on it because they, they were missing tires. They didn't have a full set of tires. Right. Jeez. So we hooked up with them, and they they were great. I mean, they you know they, they, they took care of us. They took our Ford pickup. No, it was a Chevy pickup truck, and they lifted it and put big tires on it for us. Really? Yeah. Oh. So we had these big – and it was easier to drive in the, in the desert. Oh, yeah. Of course, it was illegal, and we weren't supposed to do that. So when we got back, they made us take our – the tires off, but, yeah. it, but while we were there, it was pretty cool. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, we we had nothing. I mean, we were we were going down. We're, we're like we're going down a road one day in the middle of nowhere, and we see this five ton truck go by us, and this, they slam their brakes on and look in the bumper, and it's two sixty quartermaster battalion, which is a unit that we went there with that oh. we were, that, that that we got taken away from. Uh-huh. So they back up the truck and they go, "Man, we've been looking for you guys." Fifty first trans on our bumper. Mm-hmm. He goes, "Man, we got all this mail." Back in our compound, and we don't know where they're at because we have no con- we don't know how to get a hold of these people, you know. Right, or let alone where. So to they go. gave us a great coordinate. This this is where we're at. It's okay. So we get back. We tell our captain. So he lets two of us take the truck one day and, and go. So we plot it out. We go there. We find the the base. We go in and we see all these people that we lived with in the barracks forever, and they're like, "Oh my god, we're you know hugging and high five." <laughs> it's we like seen a nice guys reunion. Forever. Yeah. <laughs> so they take us to mail room. We walk in there and there was so much freaking mail for us. It was, it was only seven of us, but it was so much mail they were holding. Wow. So we had to load the, our truck up and we took off and then we get, and we get, we get out there and like we had boxes of food in there. The food was spoiled because Aww. it, you know, but we had letters, you know, we had girlfriends we didn't have anymore because they broke up with us because we didn't write back to them and stuff like that because oh. it was, we, we didn't have, we were out in the middle of nowhere. Right. You had but, no access to but yeah, the outside world. Right. But uh, yeah, so we finally found them and then, mm-hmm. When the ground war was over, you know, we went in with them, and we went in with 18th Airborne and uh, did our thing, and they came out of the desert and uh, found our unit because we had to go back with them. We had to fly back with them. Mm-hmm. So we, we found them again. We were able to hook back up and then fly back to the States when it was over. But we had no – it was cool for us because we had no command and control. I mean, our captain was just like, eh. one Okay, like we got one place. We were helping them out. We set up our tent. We had a GP medium. Okay, these things are not easy to put up. It's a big tent. So we had – Seven of us in there, plus the captain, and we had all of our equipment. Uh, they they gave us um, extra stuff to take with us, so we had to keep everything in our tent because we couldn't you know, even out a truck. So we're in there one day, and we're just kicking back, and we're taking it easy. I'm reading the book, and all of a sudden, this flap opens up, and this first sergeant walks in. And he goes, you guys need to move all this stuff out of here. I'm moving like 25 guys in your tent. We're like, uh, what do you mean? He goes, you're what I said. Move all your stuff to the back. Take all your equipment outside. And then I'm moving 25 guys in your tent tonight. So our captain, he was in me. He comes back. I said, sir, we got a problem. So he, they're getting removed 25. No, they're not. So he goes and talks to the, to the commander. Mm-hmm. Commander says, yeah, we'll put 25 guys in your tent. Captain says, okay. He walks back in 10 o'clock at night. He goes, tear it down. We're out of here. <laughs> <laughs> 10 o'clock at night. So the thing is, we had left the, we're, the truck company. We weren't with them anymore. We had released them. But mm-hmm. they gave us a truck and a driver. So we had a five-ton with a driver. 
and we had our pickup truck in our trailer. So we get out there and we just take the tent down as fast as we can. We throw everything in the truck. We take off. So we take off. We're out in the middle of nowhere. We pull yeah. up in the desert. We just sleep in the, on the ground. We don't, you know, it's, there's nobody around. Who yeah. cares? But yeah, it, my captain was like, uh-uh. <laughs> 10 o'clock. He goes, you guys got one or two options. Either you can either let 29 stinky guys come in here and sleep in here. Or we could tear the shit down and leave. We're out of here. Hey, we're out of here. <laughs> no one so, said shit. They started. We didn't, we didn't even. We didn't even. Up. We didn't even do our tent right. We just tore it down, balled it up. It took just all seven of us it. to get that thing up in the truck. That thing's it's heavy. It's huge. Yeah, that's a lot of. So we got up material, there and threw all the right? shit, and we took off. And then the next day, we we, we found another company to hook up with, and. Uh, <laughs> This sounds so like it, well, we hooked up with this unorganized. Com- we, we, hooked up with, we hooked up with this company, and um, I, I forgot what we were doing with them. Anyways, we were there, and we had a um, there's a shower. There's actually Army has a shower and bath unit. Okay, what they do is they set up these humongous tents, and they run pipes through them, mm-hmm. and they put like pallets up, and then you go in there and take a shower. It's, it's just the way it is, and you, and it's certain times. So we hadn't, you know, we hadn't really had a real shower in who knows how long. You just you know do the do the bucket thing, right? So one night, uh, all our guys decided to go get, uh, they took off with the truck to go get a shower. So I'm in there with my NCO and we're in the tent. And then the tent was right when the, 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 the entrance to the, you know, the, there's sand everywhere, dune, and there's opening wire and there's a guard there. And there's a small tent where the guards stay and they got all this ammunition and weapons in there and two cots. And we're in our big tent right here. Well, it was starting to get cold, and I'd get cold out there at night, and it was hot during the day. Mm-hmm. Well, they had the heater in there. When I'm sleeping, one of them actually knocked the heater over, and it's supposed to shut off, and you knock it over, but it didn't shut off. Oh. So we hear this, oh, shit, fuck, let's get out. So we, I look, open the door, I look, and I see this tent's on fire. And it's like 20 feet away from ours, and this tent's full of ammunition. So this shit starts cooking off. So I grab my helmet, my weapon, I'm in my underwear and whatever, and I run out the back of my tent, and I dove, dive behind some dune. And I'm back there with my NCO. And uh, I look up and the Sergeant Major, he's in there with us. And we had to sit there for I don't know how many hours because the stuff's kept, you know, the rounds kept cooking. It's like, it, uh, it's like firecrackers. But, I mean, you know, it's just cooking off and it's just flinging all different directions, you know. Uh, yeah. so, we, so we finally, after so much time, they finally say, okay, we're all clear. We go back in our tent and we're walking. And you look at our tent, all you see is light going all different directions from the holes, from where the ammunition had gone and put holes in our tents. <laughs> oh, my Jeez. God. So the next day, we're out there with patch kits, like, putting, you know, <laughs> it was ugly. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. But that shit happened. Our guys come back that night, and they couldn't even come in. They had to sit off the side of the road for, like, two hours. They couldn't come in the compound because the shit was still cooking off. They, they, we couldn't get close enough to do anything. You know, it's ammunition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can't go in there with a fire extinguisher. They end up losing, like, four M16s, an, an M60 machine gun, uh, all their shit, and then um, all the ammunition they lost because that tent burnt down. You know. Damn. But that oh. that we were in there, and uh, they had a um, they they had a sh- uh, when we first got there on the airfield in there, they had a, a unit that their job was engineers. They would build mm-hmm. shitters and shower units out of plywood. They were good at it. You know, they put the plywood and like shower unit. They put a big drum on top of it. What you do is yeah. you fill up during the day, and the heat from the day would heat up the water. Uh, and at night you take a shower and it's warm. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So. Damn. And then they also build shitters with mm-hmm. a fi- five gallon. You know, you ever see on like Vietnam when they you know, when they pull the the bucket out the yeah, back like of it? Yeah, like on platoon. Oh, yeah. And, that's, and they go to it's burn a, it. That's the same yeah. thing. We used to have to burn it. Okay. So yeah. we had that. So, so we get out there and uh, uh, we get this one unit and they happen to have two showers out there. Uh, the portable thing. So what happened is they were told, sorry, the showers were for the officers only. 
Which we understood that because there's a lot of enlisted, but that's not, right, you, yeah. do, you know, come on now. Yeah. So these are uh, infantry guys we're with. So mm-hmm. they're like coming to our tent and go, hey, dude, you guys, uh, what are you guys doing with all your MREs? Because we're, you know, MRE, man, they're nasty, but we were eating our MREs. We need, you, we need you to keep all of the Kool-Aid packets. Kool-Aid packets. Kool-Aid. Cherry and the grape. So we do that. And so the guy walks, he walks in our tent one night with this big, huge bucket full of packets. And what they did is they had opened them all up and they put all the mm-hmm. cherry in the, in the, in the, th- and, and at night they went over there to one of the oh. shower units. And they dumped <laughs> it all on, into the, on top with a big barrel. <laughs> Just so happens some female officer, because uh, they would take the showers at night when it's pitch black, you couldn't see anyway. So she gets in there and lathers up and then pulls the handle. The water comes down. First thing you smell is Kool-Aid. Oh my God! And it, the water's hot, so she, I don't know how long she was in there for it shut off. Well, then she comes out of there and screaming, screaming. Next day we're having a formation, and she's not in there because she looks like a purple people leader. <laughs> Apparently, it stained her. It pretty stained good. her skin. Yeah. Oh my so God! So we're in formation. We're standing there. They had us in formation too. First start, first start standing there, and you got all these officers. They're all pissed off. First start, I want to know which one of you assholes. He's trying to keep a straight face, dude. <laughs> oh, he is. And she, and she's off in the distance or something like that. And she's, he's like, I want to know. <laughs> and and, and, and he, even a couple of officers were like, <laughs> and she was livid. I want them court martialed. I want blah blah, dude. It's Kool Aid. It's Kool Aid. <laughs> yeah. That's what you get yeah. for not letting anybody else use the showers. <laughs> So, that, of course, nobody ever – I mean, everybody was involved. We were involved. I'm sure everybody in that formation probably gave up their Kool-Aid packets. Yeah. Like, hell yeah. But they did both go. showers, but I guess she's the only one that got it because I guess – She went to the wrong one. Well, they both got hit. There was oh, two showers. But she was the only one. I guess she smelled it before the other one could get in it and do anything. And but, warned her. Yeah. But, <laughs> but she got stained pretty good. It looked like a freaking uh, – what do you call it? Uh, Oompa Loompa? Yeah. No, it's kidding. Yeah, Oompa Loompa or Smurf. 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 <laughs> yeah, look like a Smurf, I guess. But wow. yeah, that was funny. Oh, and then, man. like one one night, we're in, a, in an area, and I had to go take a shower, and it's pitch black. Mm-hmm. And we had a, a big shower unit set up. Mm-hmm. And the way it was set up, you had females go during this time, and the males go at this time. So we had the late. So I'm looking at my watch, and it's time for the males to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and there was no moon that night. It was, I mean, and you can't black or yeah, everything's everything has to be, everything has to be off because yeah. you know you, you don't want to be they can see you from a mile away if you got a light on so um I, I go in the shower and i hear the shower going no big deal so i open the door i go in and i'm feeling around i find a shower i get in it i put my stuff down and and all of a sudden i hear excuse me and there's a female and she goes hey do you have any shampoo i forgot my shampoo and, and she has a, she has a light and she flickers it and i and it's it's a it's an officer yeah i said yeah, here. So I gave her. She goes, I know, I know. I'm not supposed to be in here, but I just got off work, and nobody can see anything. Who cares? You know, it's pitch black. Ah, so we're talking. We have a good time. You know, we're yeah. just getting we're talking shit. back and forth. <laughs> shit. Well, somebody opens the door and comes in, and then they leave. So it's like, oh, okay, well, whatever. So then, sure as shit, next day, they had a formation. I want to know what male and female were in the shower last night at this time. <laughs> so I raised my hand. Like an idiot. <laughs> like an idiot. Uh, it was me, sir. Specialist, come here. Everybody else leaves. You won't explain to me. I said, explain what, uh, sir? I said, it was my time to take a shower. I said, it was, you know, 1900, 1930, whatever the case is. And yeah. They're supposed to be done by 1800. You're not. Well, I wonder who the other officer, uh, who that female says, I have no clue. And, you know, I didn't know who it was. I said, I don't know who she was. All I know is I heard her in there 
and you couldn't see shit. It was a pitch black. So I said, I, I wasn't at fault. Well, I want to know who that female is. I said, I don't know. So you didn't mean to tell me you and her weren't messing around there? I said, no. <laughs> I was just taking it. Not that I didn't think about it, but right. you know, <laughs> you don't think I, I wish that would have in my stall. But <laughs> that would have been. I said no. Fantasy. I said all I know is I was taking a shower. I, she said something because and that's when I realized it was a female. But I said we couldn't see anything anyways. And mm-hmm. I, why am I going to leave? It's my turn. Take a shower. <laughs> it's my right, right to be here. Yeah, it's my right. So scrub they, my ass. He, he let me go, and I never heard anything after that. And I saw her a couple days later, and she kind of like you know, thank you for not saying anything. I'm like. I, who cares? Right, this is no wartime. Who yeah. cares? It was nighttime. You couldn't see shit anyway. So, oh, dude, <laughs> that's hilarious. Man. Oh my god, formation <laughs> over and over. <laughs> Man, we played vo- we played volleyball. I mean, we're in a desert. Mm-hmm. We had a net and a ball. I mean, just set the shit up. Let's play. You know, we played so much goddamn volleyball over there, dude. We were like, we all could have been pros by the time we left that place. <laughs> oh, my God. Or y'all looking like the scene from Top Gun. Yeah. In there. <laughs> all ripped. We all the had, ladies we had, going. We had nothing to freaking do the whole eight months we were there. Dang. We and, rarely until, did anything until the ground war started. Until the ground war but started. during the whole time, we're like, nothing to do because, uh, like they said, okay, uh, we, we need you, that same compound, we need you to set up a tent on the highway. Mm-hmm. And when a convoy comes by, we need you to pull them over and check their paperwork. What? So we set up a tent. We set up this, uh, our fab is called, it's aluminum. It's easy to put up. And then we put signs way down the road. It says, checkpoint ahead, pull over. These convoys just blown by us. They ain't pulling over. Who cares? Who cares? Flip y'all off. Who cares? Yeah. So I'm like, I don't care. So then we were there for like a half hour. And then we got on the radio. I said, hey, nobody's stopping. All of a sudden, uh, I get in the truck and I. I go back and I, because we couldn't get on the radio, I said, Sir, these convoys ain't stopping. He goes, I know they ain't going to stop, but you know, this stupid commander was trying to give us something to do. All of a sudden, we look up and there's our tent flying through the air because a big truck went by and it caught, caught it because it, it's a, it's not, you don't spike the tent. Well, you're supposed to, but it, <laughs> you're supposed well, to, it's, but it's, we it's, didn't. It's a aluminum frame. <laughs> right. And then yeah. you put the, the tent pieces on it, you hook it together. Mm-hmm. So you can uh, pick up the tent and move it if you want. Yeah. But they didn't do that. So finally, this big ass truck came by and yes. caught it just right. And the, our guys are in the tent. This tent goes flying off, and they're sitting there, over <laughs> the tentless, tentless. You know, so they're like, "Fuck this!" And they pull the table, chairs up. They're walking back down the road. We pull up the truck. We pick them up. We we'll get the tent. We come back. We're like, "We're not doing this again." Yeah, <laughs> fuck this. And nobody cares. It's stupid. Yeah, it was stupid. Oh my goodness. But they tried to find something to do. It was like, no, no, this ain't happening. So, but. Uh, I used to volunteer to do the shit burning detail. Why is that? Because it, it took forever. Because what happened is you go back and you, you have a hook, you, you hook and you pull it out and you yeah. put you pour like a diesel, yeah, yeah. And, and and other gas in there. And you light it and then you're supposed to stir it. What we did and it takes four hours to burn at least because you got to burn it down to nothing because you weren't you weren't allowed to dump out in the desert, which Uh-oh. made no sense to me. Yeah, <laughs> but you weren't desert. allowed to dump. Yeah. So you had to burn everything. So um, we got out there. And we were, and this is our last jump before the ground war started. So we weren't going anywhere else. This is it. So we're there, and um, you know, we burned shit for four hours, and then one day we're burning shit, and, and the uh, the wind direction changed. <laughs> so all of a sudden, all this black smoke's rolling into the compound, and you, oh my god, what the fuck you doing? <laughs> you smell shit everywhere. I'm like it's not our fault. I'm not supposed to with the weather. Sorry, Mother <laughs> yeah, Nature, motherfuckers. Yeah. So god. anyway, so basically, and then like maybe a couple weeks later, they they these trucks came out and they dropped it. Yeah. Mm. Uh, um, gravel to the road out to where we're at that way because because it, it was soft sand that way we'd have a road and then yeah. they had a contract they had these guys come out what they would do is they would take the barrels and they would line them with plastic 
and you go do your business, they'd show up in the truck later on, you know, a couple of days, and they would get, these Hajis would get out, and they'd grab the black bags, pull them up, tie them up, throw them back in the truck, and put a new bag in. Oh, uh, okay. So one day, we were pulling guard duty. So we're in front, and I'm like, man, these guys are taking a lot of time, you know? So I wasn't paying attention to it. All of a sudden, we had a, one of the guys rolled up in his vehicle and says, hey, I need you to do me a favor. I said, these guys come out, I need you to stop them before they leave. Okay. So these guys are coming out, so they stop, and all of a sudden, they, they make the Hodges guy, and they start searching, and they found a freaking map. They were, they were mapping our compound. Oh. Who were these guys again? They were the guys that were cleaning our bathrooms, our, our toilets. Oh, were they like Saudi Arabian or? Yeah, they were work, but they were they were mapping our compound. One guy had a map, and it was pretty damn close because they had like officers, tent, and everything else. But and like you know, and they had it was a pretty good pretty good map. Whoa! They would have just sold. I don't know if they would have done anything with it, but I mean, these guys trying to make money, you know, so they probably uh, trying to sell like somebody. They but, yeah, were secretly spies for uh, Saddam, maybe, or, something? or they were trying to make money. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, but you know, they 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 caught him doing it, but. What do you think happened to him? Or do you know? Nothing. We saw him next day cleaning shit again. So, <laughs> did you say something to him? Uh, no, I don't you care. Just, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> <Carl was laughs> I don't care. I'm, Everyone's just like, yeah, long, those long, idiots as, were as making mad. As long as my name and tent wasn't on the map, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired I'd be, of I'd my be like, name wait a minute, wait a minute. That's, that's not the right tent. Let me erase that right there. <laughs> <laughs> the kisses the colonel's tent. Right? <laughs> so. But yeah, we had a we had a pretty good time. I mean, we we had nobody controlling us, and we were kind of doing our own thing. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. See on the map, uh, porn tent. <laughs> that's what they're really going for. They don't get well, that over there. We weren't we weren't supposed to have alcohol there, right? Because Playboy tent. Um, like they'd ship boxes to you, and like if you had pres- subscription to like uh, Sports Illustrated or stuff like that, people get it, and you get your magazine. And they start laughing because they have these sensors. They would get a hold of the magazines. They would take black markers and they would scratch out because if you had a female that was wearing a bathing suit, they would basically either rip the page out or they would Her whole body would be yeah. a black so marker. So you get, you get these, these <laughs> magazines <laughs> in the mail that are four months old because it took that long to get to you and they're scratched out. We would laugh our asses off. Jeez. So I had to pull, I had to go uh, pull duty one time, uh, K- uh, KP, kitchen police basically, uh-huh. and, and help. So I was there all freaking day. And then we're getting ready to leave for the night. And then all of a sudden, this unit pulls up. The infantry guys were lost as hell for some reason. Hadn't eaten all night. So I volunteered to help stay back. And we made sandwiches for them and everything. So I got back in like 2 o'clock in the morning. So uh, we would got mail call and everything. And my my NCO, E6, um, had got the box. So I get the tent. And he, and, he, and, he, and, and I sit down in my bunk. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm so tired. He's like, hey. I'm like, what? He goes, under your pillow. Reach on my pillow. Put out a bottle of freaking Crown Royal. Okay. Half a bottle. How he got it in that country, I don't know. But all I know is, man, I had a good oh, best I, crown ever. Best huh? crown ever. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't have, I didn't even have anything to mix with it. I just drank yeah, it. Because so. Saudi Arabia is like super strict. Oh like yeah, that. yeah. The, God, the only what place, a weird country. The only place you could drink was Bahrain. It's an island. Yeah, and, that's an island it, nation, it's atta- right? Yeah, it's attached by by uh, bridges. So basically, we got to go mm-hmm. um, over there, but problem I mean, is like when you come back, they, they stop the bus, they search everything, they search make sure you're not sneaking the alcohol back. But yeah, those Muslims, you can't tell me they don't drink. Man, you go in that island, it's nothing but freaking Muslims, or they're drinking their asses off. Yeah, because <laughs> that's the only island you could drink. We, you know, we, the army had a cruise ship, they had leased, really, and they had it over there, and it was in Bahrain, parked there. So what they did is they got it there, and then they would raffle off seats or or, or spots on it because you don't have so many people on at one time. It was like four for four day weekends, so. The company were with her. Hey, you know, we got we got two 
two spots in like 500 people. So we're going to put your name mm-hmm. in a, and we're going to point. No, I don't want to go. I'm not wasting my freaking time. Yeah. So a ground war ends. Everybody's flying back. And so we ended up going to the port to help out and see what's going on. We had nothing else to do. So we get to the port. So we're sitting there not doing anything. And our ACL walks in and goes, hey, you guys want to go on that cruise ship? He goes, he goes they can't fill anymore because everybody's leaving. And we, we could take the whole, all seven of us. No. Sure. So they signed <laughs> yeah, us up. So yeah. a couple days later. We couldn't take our weapon with us, we, mm-hmm. and we had to be in civilian clothes. And no, 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 we were in, BD, we were in, in desert uniform. Couldn't take our weapon. We had our mask with us, and then uh, change of clothes or whatever. A couple of change of clothes, and then they put you in these uh, vehicle. You go to this place underground. They sign you up, and everything. And they put you on a bus, and then we had to go to to, to the ship. So we get out there, and they check everything, and we go on the ship, and it's just like a cruise line. You get up there, and you get up the top, and they take a picture <laughs> up top. You know, it's cruise liner, and they had they had. Dancers, they had it's just like a regular cruise oh, ship. Oh, the whole crew was there. Yeah. The, oh, but, okay. but the ship didn't move. It stayed at the port yeah. the oh, whole time. Okay. So we get up there and it's like Welcome to blah 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 and, and uh what's your name? Give my name. Oh, here's your key. Here's where you're staying at. Cool. So I would look up, burst that way, bars that way. Boom. Everything was free. So I get over there and I sit down with my buddies and Guy walks up to us. He goes, ah, what do you guys want? I said, I want two Jack and Cokes, and I want two uh, Heineken. I was kidding. Well, he brought them. Oh, really? <laughs> He's like, oh, so, this guy's uh, thirsty, huh? So we're drinking. <laughs> and we're, I mean, I guess he thought it was all four of us, but we ended up drinking. So um, all I know is I, I drank a lot, and um, sometime during the night I woke up somewhere. Uh, it was dark, and uh, I'm like, I wake up, I'm like, where the, where the hell am I? It's dark. So my eyes start adjusting. Apparently they had a theater on that th- on that place mm-hmm. and i had made it to the theater and I found a chair and i passed out went to sleep for who knows how long <laughs> so i get up and i got my room key and i'm trying to figure out where i'm at i walk down the hallway and there's these guys just passed out laying on, on the floor in the hallways <laughs> they didn't make it so i'm stepping over people and i get to my room i go in there and i lay down stepping sleep. Over but they had they had like you could during the day you could take a tour like you go off and get on the bus they would take you shopping and stuff like that or you get some shopping on the going. island yeah like you could buy silver they're pretty cheap gold was pretty cheap where the locals yeah, there, there were any locals in Bahrain or whatever? yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there was a, a Pizza Hut, and uh, oh, so yeah. we get on we get on a van. <laughs> a Pizza Hut van pulls up to the ship, so we're like, hey, let's go. So we get on it. We get the Pizza Hut. We go in there. We order our pizza, and they didn't. I don't know if they had alcohol there, but we order our pizza, and we got our pizza, and we ate, and we got ready to pay, and just as we got ready to pay. The guy walked in. We're standing there to pay, and uh, the guy, the, the van driver, walks in and grabs all us and hustles us out and puts us on the van. Well, we hadn't paid yet, so we took off. He took us back to the ship. I'm like, what the fuck? I mean, I don't know what happened. I guess yeah. he wanted to get off for the night or something like that. So he grabbed us, put us in the van, back and went to the. Because I'm not getting ship. home late tonight, but, motherfucker. Yeah. Get, but we in went the in. There, but we went in there. And they had a nice. They had a, a nice show. They had like uh, comedians and dancers, and they had females. I mean, they had. It was nice, just like a regular uh, cruise. What, which comedian? Did you see? Oh, I don't remember. Man, it was a long time ago. Oh, but it was. It, but it, it was. It was a nice setup. You know, yeah. four days, nothing to do but hang out, get drunk, and eat. Oh, you can eat because it's like a buffet style. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, like, and like gourmet. And, and food, it wasn't right? a full ship; they couldn't fill it anymore because people, the pro- that people were still there, but everybody's redeploying. They're trying to get home, so they, like, I ain't got time for that. I'm trying to get my shit done so I can get out of here. You know, yeah. that's what they were doing. So, like, uh, we're going to be there party. anyways. Like, yeah, let's go. Right. <laughs> so, but we had a good time with that. I mean, it's yeah, and then that sounds badass. And then, then when we're supposed to go back, um, you, you like when you deploy to the desert, you cannot take tenage back with you. To the states, it has to it has to stay there because of uh, yeah. agriculture issues, you know, oh, like your okay. tents and your mm-hmm. your camouflage netting, also like that. You, you can't take it back. Can I have something on it or something? Yeah. So oh. we had our trailer oh, and um, we had our truck and we had uh, 
all that stuff in the back of it, and it had this huge, humongous, looked like an asteroid had hit the spot in the desert. It was a huge pit they had dug. Oh. What they were doing is they were dumping everything in it, and they would burn it. Oh, and then right, they would, burn they pits. Would, yeah, they would cover it up. So we get back, and we're backing up our trailer, and uh, we're kind of looking around. We don't see anybody, so we unhook the trailer, push the trailer over. The trailer just goes over the side, just tumbles down into the pit with the tent and everything. Damn, it's that deep. Well, that's how big it was. Yeah. And, it's, and it, we, so we take our truck and we, and we take it to the uh, to uh, to wash. We had to wash our truck because, it, you know, the truck has to be super clean before they put it on the ship to sh- send it back. So, we, you know, we didn't have a trailer. Don't know what happened to it. We lost it. Yeah. So we got, took it. Well, we got back to, to Georgia, you know, yeah. a couple months later, right before Mason, and they're like, um, where's your trailer? Uh, the, uh we took the we got your truck off the, the the boat, but the trail went on. I'm like, oh, that's weird. It was on there when we shipped it back. <laughs> so they never did find it. They thought maybe it got taken off somewhere else because the ship stopped somewhere and they took some equipment off. So they figured uh-huh. they figured another unit probably stole it. They probably took it and they repainted it. Right, and so they <laughs> didn't numbers, bother. Yeah. So, they, like, oh, yeah. well, so we story. ended up getting a new trailer out of it. I'm like, cool. So, oh, that's the, pretty cool. The new latest trailer <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with all the bells and whistles. <laughs> but yeah, we but we had uh, we uh, I mean. That was the best time as far as a deployment goes. That was a good time. And we yeah, had fun because, we, like I said, we had nothing. We had nobody that made the best out of it. Yeah, and that, that the captain was – he was a pretty cool guy, but it's kind of weird because he wore black gloves all the time, and he was a clean – he always washing his hands, always. Oh, uh, was kind of guys. Yeah. But he was a cool – I mean, we had no issues with him. He he didn't let anybody – you know, if he didn't – and the cool thing about it, if he didn't like what we, they said, we're leaving. Pack it up. We're out of here. And it was <laughs> – so he didn't take no shit. No, and, and here's That's here's good. a good thing. So where we um we um the ground war's over and we're, and we're and we just got back from you know coming back in. So we're back in our tents and everything, and we're sitting there. And then this sergeant major's there, and and uh, one one of my guys goes, "Hey, sergeant major, I'm gonna put a four day weekend in. We're out in the middle of the desert." He goes, "Go ahead, I'll sign it." So he does four day weekend with me and him. And Sergeant Major signed it. So I was like, well, let's go. And the thing is, they had taken a piece of the highway and they had blocked it off with containers and were using it for an air airstrip. So we had C-130s flying in because they're a short landing and takeoff. You know, right. You know. Yeah. They don't so, much, I guess. so they go, we got to the airfield, go, where are you guys flying to? We're going back to the, you know, the big city. Okay, we're, here's, our, here's our orders. Okay, get on the plane. <laughs> so we get on the plane. We take off. We go back into the big, and, and we got to this compound out there. We knew some people, uh-huh. and they hooked us up with a trailer, and we stayed in the trailer for like three days just hanging out, eating hamburgers and shit because they had an area set up there. And, this and then, so it's time to fly back. We can't get back. They're now, every, they're redeploying everything back, so there's nothing flying in. Everything's Only flying out. out. Yeah. Uh-oh. So we're like, oh, shit. So luckily, <laughs> we're, we were able to get word back to our unit that we we can't we can't get back i don't want to get in trouble i mean you know yeah. we just disappear in the desert right so we were able to literally thumb a ride to this field hospital that was like a quarter of the way back to where we were at like locals picked y'all up no some other military guys headed out there they took us they dropped oh. us off at this field hospital so oh. we told our they go just stay there and we'll, we'll on the way by we'll stop and pick you guys up so i'm sitting on my bag i'm just chilling out and all of a sudden this vehicle pulls up I look, he's blowing his horn. This officer gets out, and she goes into the building. I'm looking at the driver. Guess who the driver is? Lou Garcia, the guy from Italy. No way. <laughs> In the middle of nowhere, he jumps. Holy fuck. <laughs> he starts crying. Oh, my God. He's <laughs> hugging me and shit. Oh, crap. He's losing his mind. He goes, what, what are the Oscars? I know he had gotten out. 
Okay, he had gotten out, but the problem is, uh, you know, when you go in, we did, because I, I, I signed to a four-year contract, but you have to give the military eight years. Yeah, so yeah. Even, you do active. four years active, four reserve. Okay. Well, he ended up getting called back in. Oh. So he ended up deployed, so here he is, and out in the middle of nowhere, dude, to run into him. <laughs> I'm like, what are the fucking odds of this? <laughs> yeah, no shit, dude. Like, he's like, holy like shit. One in a billion. So <laughs> she comes out, and, then he's, and, and he's, she sees us hugging, and she walks up, and he goes, oh, man. And she, you know, he explains who we are, and she's like, "Wow, this is just." She even she was freaking out. This is just unreal. Yeah, what are the odds? Yep, (laughs) like like, that's like a movie scene. Yeah, then then like you should write. Then she gets back in (laughs) romantic. (laughs) Lou and Carl. She she gets back. She she gets back in the vehicle and she's doing something. He's looking at me uh, and he goes, "Yeah, I'm trying to tap that." (laughs) And he's like, "She's a captain. He's a freaking E4." Somebody, or you know, he was E three, something like that. So, but you know, that's just the way he was, dude. Yeah, man. When we were in Italy, he, when we were in Italy, Italy yeah, he, in Italy, he was a freaking whore, dude. He slept with so many goddamn Italian chicks, it was ridiculous. Like, that it was, was easy for him. Yeah, it was easy for him. But oh my! But what what happened to him was he stayed, and when I left, he he was still there. He ended up because we we're taking college courses on 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 base, like a class here and there. He was taking one. Well, he met this girl. Uh, half American, half Italian. Mm-hmm. Her dad was the post deputy commander, full bird colonel. He's just a private. Well, they hook up. Yeah. And uh, apparently what happened is he went on, vac- he went on, he took, because uh, when you're in Europe, you can take, a, I think he took like three weeks leave or something like that, or because or, you have to have it because you're flying back to the States. You, you, know, you can't just go back for a week. So, but. He he went on vacation, and well, she did at the same time, oh. and they got married. Oh, oh shit! And didn't tell anybody. So like they in the court marry. Yeah. So they fly back. Court marriage. Well, he's a private, and she's a freaking daddy's a full bird colonel, dude. I, all, all I know is I, I heard about it. Well, she was she was pregnant. She got pregnant. Oh. So. Oh, in the same week. I, I guess. Carl yeah. so wasn't there, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so, there so I, I heard what happened was I heard that she, she ended up having the kid, and then she, um, they moved it. Now they got housing over there, something like that. And then, of course, the colonel, he wasn't a big fan of, of, of Garcia or Lou. So um, all of a sudden, she just decided she wouldn't be married anymore. So she just took off, flew back to the States, left the, him with the kid. With uh, the kid. Dang. So daddy, Damn. daddy basically disowns her and ends up. Helping him out big time, and Ooh. Lou because I mean, she did that. Yeah, well, let's see. This happened in '89, so well, she's probably 30, 30 something years old. His daughter now, and 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 I talked to him because he's on my Facebook, and he said, "Yeah, he goes him and him and uh, that colonel are, are like best buddies because the colonel's retired now." Yeah, he goes, but he he doesn't he 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 never heard from her. She just disowned him and the, and the kid. Well, for what? Because she was young. She was like, you know, 18, 19 years old. Uh, and she freaked out. Yeah. So had a kid and then was with him for a while and realized she didn't like the lifestyle and she took off. And so he ended up backing him instead of her. So when it came time for the courts to for the custody, the colonel backed him instead of her. And he just didn't seem like the type to me to to to, to go against to take him. care to take care of that kid. But he did a really good job of her. I mean, she's a beautiful kid. I mean, beautiful girl and everything, but he did a good job. But I, I this after I left, I was like, oh my God, because that boy, every time I saw him, mm-hmm. he was always with a different chick. <laughs> I was downtown somewhere one night with some people, and I hear this bunch of drunks walk around the corner. It's him with like five, six girls, all Italians. and Just him? Yeah. 
And he and, and, and he's drunk. And, and the way he would do he, one of his moves was he would he'd pretend he, you know he's American, so he'd walk up to a girl, and he'd Play have a stupid. cigarette. Oh. And he goes, instead of asking for light, he'd go, "Would you light my fire?" Kind of like that. Instead of "Would you light my cigarette?" And they, they thought it was cute because an American trying to learn, and he knew how to speak Italian by then because he was. <laughs> oh, he's saying in Italian. Yeah. Oh, he's, okay. He trying like he's broken Italian. Yeah. And and he that's how he would you know work his way in and then. He go out with the chicken once the he once down. he nailed her one time once he <laughs> once he nailed her one time gone see ya next yeah, that, that was the way it was yeah he worked his way in there I, I, the the thing with the thing with Italian women is you had to be careful because I told us the dude you know this mafia that's where mafia started from was Italy so you hook up with the wrong chick wrong chick oh, yeah. and her chick goes tells her daddy next thing I know you know you got a horse's head you got a yeah. horse's head in your bed next to you you're screwed that okay. or you're just swimming with fishes that yeah. later that night <laughs> I said because they're family oriented because mm-hmm. uh, the guy that, that one guy told you married that ugly ugly one yeah yeah. he um, he had to meet her family and I mean seriously when he went to meet her it was like 30 people because they were at a restaurant eating Italian restaurant yeah they, they're and, serious about and it's family shit. it's family shit so I, he said he knew that if he was going to get serious with her he had to he, he couldn't just, you know, you mess with her and take off because it's, it's all family-oriented. It, 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 it wouldn't feel right doing that. Like, right. like Lou, he didn't care. You know. <laughs> that boy, was just, he was out. Yeah. <laughs> Heartbreaker. Yeah, that's what he was. <laughs> Use his good looks for evil deeds. That's what he did, dude. That was a good-looking guy. Yeah. He was working. And, and, okay, and he had a um, – uh, he, he bought a Jaguar used, one of those big 12 – uh, V12s, dark green. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. With the uh, mahogany or whatever dashboard. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Well, he would drive around on bass with it just blasting freaking heavy metal music. <laughs> the bass wasn't that big, so he wasn't going very far. <laughs> so he'd park it. So he. So everybody heard him. He went, uh, he went home because his mom or somebody got sick. He had to go home for a while. So he goes, uh, Here, take my car. You drive it. Do whatever you want to do with it. He goes, Okay. So he gives me the keys. So one night I had a, this girl needed a ride to the airport. So. We get in there and we get down. There, I drop her off and I'm coming back and I'm and down there the auto the autostrada which you got autobahn in Germany autostrada in Italy. Back then there wasn't really a speed limit. Okay, <laughs> so I'm nighttime. I'm hauling ass. You know I'm doing probably about 80 90 miles an hour. All of a sudden this dude pulls up next to me. He wants to race. He had a Porsche or something. I'm like, oh okay. my god. So I nailed. Man, we're flying down the road, flying down the road. We're neck and neck. All of a sudden. All hell breaks loose on the fucking dashboard. Every light you could think of comes on. <laughs> oh my god! I blew the freaking engine. A V12. Damn. I blew the and, and I mean, boom! I pull off the road and the Porsche. He pulls up next to me. He's looking at the car and, he, and he's like, in Italian, he's like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> I mean, we looked at this shit hanging out from underneath the engine. Wow! So I get on the phone. Uh, <laughs> Because there, there's an exit right there because every exit's got a toll. So I go down there oh, okay. and, and I call my buddy and he's got the, the Beamer. So he shows up. So we, we, we strap onto it and we pull it off and then we go through the, 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 the pay thing. And the guy in the booth just tells me to keep going because he saw what happened. He goes, don't he just go. So we go past <laughs> it. There's, a, the there's, fuck out of there's a big parking spot. So we park it. So the next day we get a tow truck, bring it to the base. We park it. So I'm thinking, dude, he's going to come back and he's going to kill me, dude. This guy's going to kill me. So sure as shit. I'm in bed one morning and I wake up and he and he wakes me up. It's like you know, two weeks later. He goes, "Hey, dude, I'm back." He goes, "I had this weird dream that something happened to my car." I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like "Fuck!" I'm like, "Oh like, shit, dude!" His what dreams. happened exactly in your dream? Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm like, "Okay." So I, I said, "You need to sit down." So he looks at me. He goes, "What happened?" I said, "Dude, 
I'm going to tell you. I said, I, don't, don't kill me. And he goes, he goes, I saw my car out there. I said, yeah, your car is okay. The engine, not so, so much. <laughs> so I told him not what happened. I didn't tell him I was racing at 140 miles an hour or whatever. But I told him I was coming back from the airport and all of a sudden. Just boom. It boom, you know. <laughs> so I was just cruising, he's, I like, he's like, but he's like, he can't talk. He just walks out of the room. So I'm like, okay, well, that's oh, at least he didn't beat my ass yet. So, <laughs> luckily, uh, Williams, the guy that towed me back out, he speaks some Italian. Well, they got the car to the uh, the the uh, dealership, okay, and and uh, so they take Garcia out there with the car and they look at it. And the, and the guy mechanic looks at it. He tells Garcia, he goes, um, he goes, that engine was was going to go. It was just a, it was getting ready to go anyways. It was a piece of crap because it had been abused and abused. Because he bought that car cheap from some officer who was leaving. He said yeah. that engine was going to go. Not good miles on that yeah. engine. He goes, it, it had, at he all. goes, it was, it, it, and he goes, it wasn't taken care of very well. Yeah. So that's the only thing that saved my ass. <laughs> he had paid maybe five thousand for that car back then, and he sold it for probably twice that because of the the body and the st- the style and everything else. Need a new engine, a V twelve, but I think it was a V twelve. But anyways, he uh, yeah. Thank God that mechanic told him that because, man, I th- he was going to kill me. <laughs> Dude, man, that happened. When that happened, I wasn't thinking about surviving. I was thinking about getting my ass whooped by him when he got back. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking, holy shit. <laughs> yep. A lot of sleepless nights. Oh, yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> and then one night I sleep good. I didn't know he was, when he was coming back. So I yeah. finally go. I finally start sleeping well, and he wakes me up at 6 or 7 in the morning when he's he comes like, back. Oh, my God. He's in your face. Hey, hey. man. Hey, man. <laughs> what's going on in my car? I, I had a bad – no, it just exactly happened that way. He goes, I, I had a bad dream. Something happened to my car. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> That's what you woke up to? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my That's God. Nice. Yeah, so <laughs> – I was like, wow. I'm like, I just knew I was dead. It was bad enough, and then he does that to me. I'm like, oh, shit, man. Jesus. I thought maybe somebody called and told him or something, but no. And he was fucking with you. Yeah. No, because if it, he would have just hit me while I was sleeping. But. Yeah, just, <laughs> I, woke, I wouldn't have woke up right away. <laughs> <laughs> Not the good way. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, Carl. Oh, man. <laughs> and all this shit happened in the first duty station. I mean, it was like yeah, this ridiculous. Is all, uh, yeah. Italy or, yeah. Oh, my God. And then when I, like I ran, ran to him in the desert, it was like, oh, shit, dude. It was just, wow. Which, what, like four years went by or something? 89? No, it was like a couple, because it was, I was there for about two. Not even that. Because uh, when, I, when I left and went to 89, 90, I was there for maybe two years in Italy. And then I got out of, I got out of the extension. And as soon as I got to, uh, to Hunter, I mean, uh, yeah, to Hunter, we weren't very there very long before we had to deploy. To uh, oh, yeah, Desert so, Storm. Yep. Dang. And then I ran, and he was, I, I guess he had PC. He had, no, maybe, I don't know. I thought he told me he was out. Maybe he, he got out. He got. I don't know what happened. Anyways, all I know is he, he got out. He might, because back then, I think you could sign a two-year deal. I think you could, but you still had to do six years reserve. Or, or, oh, two years oh, doesn't okay. exist now, does no, it? No, you can't do that. Because the schools, four? yeah, because yeah, the schools yeah. nowadays, like a lot of schools, like my son's trying to There's, go in right now, and his school he's trying to go to is a year long. Just basic training, then he goes to school for what he wants to do, and it's a year long. Oh, I thought so. he was already in. No, I just my other son. Oh, my your other son. Yeah. Oh, okay. But uh, so he, but his schools, if he does go, he went and talked to the Air Force, and they said the school's at least, I think it's like 54 weeks, so it's just over a year. Dang. Damn. So they're going to make you sign, a, you know, something like that, get a four-year deal. Like when I went in, yeah. my, my school was only three weeks, so you figure basic training. It's all and you're looking at look, three and a half months total from the time I signed until I was in my duty station, so – but I think he could do two, maybe three years. I mean, he might have done three and got out, something like that. But I know he got out, and he got called back in. 
He, had, he said he had just gotten out, got back home to, to <laughs> starting Florida, to relax. And starting to take it easy, and boom, he gets called back in. But he didn't mind it because he, he got paid for it. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the, when I went to 91, we didn't really get that much. We got a regular pay, but this last time when I went in uh, Afghanistan, that we got paid. We got paid. Yeah. No taxes. They give us combat pay, had us duty pay, separation pay. Yeah. I was banking probably as an E7, I was probably getting 50, 51, 5,200, something like that. It was pretty good money. For the year? Or for a month. For, I was about to say 5000 per 5, year. Oh, I was like, what? I thought you meant <laughs> 52 no, grand. No, oh. because you couldn't make... <laughs> I was like, what? The way it was set up is you, I, you couldn't make more than Sergeant Major's pay, whatever that was. But yeah. I think I was going to... I'd say maybe close to 5000 a month I was making. That's pretty fucking good. So I was sitting on a computer and I would go, okay, what bill do I want to pay off this month? That's what I was <laughs> right. doing. So by the time I got out of there, I paid everything off. Nice. The only thing I didn't pay off was my... I think I had a car at the time. I didn't pay it off yet because... For the credit, you know, my, oh, well, my, yeah, yeah, yeah. my credit was almost credit. perfect by the time I got back. I mean, I paid everything off. Damn, like, right away. Yep. Nice. So. Then I got married and screwed all that up. So that was, uh, <laughs> that was decided nice. to throw it all away yeah. with marriage. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, poor Carl. <laughs> <laughs> we're hitting the three hour mark. Shit. So I guess we'll go ahead and wrap this up. But uh, <laughs> Carl was like, "How are we gonna talk yeah. for three hours?" Yeah, <laughs> before we start, and we only got a like, one. We only got hours. we only got a one duty station out of the way. I got like yeah. six. Yeah, I was seven, gonna say so. this is barely this scratching the surface of Carl's for, career. This could go on yeah. for a month. This is before yeah. we met him. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say uh, more than welcome to come back anytime you want. Yeah, we'll, we'll do. Just something. let us we'll know. Yeah. Just show us a text. Yeah, just pay me next time. We'll be all right. All right. All right. Well, we got a, <laughs> I got a case of Dr. Pepper somewhere. Hook, hookers so. and blow. That's all yeah. I asked for. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that's, that's easy. Rosedale's is that <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> well, you all say right. what kind. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got, nowadays you got to check, make sure it's female because you know what that. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah, that's Let's have them uh, read on. certain lines for that's me. Totally <laughs> <laughs> pack, you got to do a pack. yell this You got to do a package check. Yeah. You got to do Gotta reach down there, make sure. What part of your body is considered yeah. female? Because yeah. <laughs> I have the chart. Have you seen the chart for like yeah, different types? Like your left arm is like male, and everything <laughs> else is female. Like there's such a thing. What? Yeah, I don't even know what the hell you're talking about. Yeah, there's a, there's literally oh. like a little. I guess it's a PowerPoint, and then they specify what type of. Uh, what would you call like it? Gender type? you would be. Oh. But yeah, they have like uh, this is your right arm is male and the rest of your body's female, or your right leg is male, the rest of your body's female. Like there's specific types that you can be considered as. Huh? I don't know. I don't. Yeah. Yeah, it's that weird. Is, I never heard that, but <laughs> well, we'll probably look into we'll it. Just be like, point. what? What this section right here? <laughs> what is it? <laughs> My balls. Is that male or female? <laughs> well, which one? The left or the right? right. Yeah. <laughs> well, the right one's female. That's the right one's one. neutral. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was that was good. Uh, please come back. <laughs> yeah, I'll do that. If okay, we become cool. famous, we'll pay you for sure. Hey, who knows, man? Yeah. You never know. Just I because become, of you, we'll be may, famous. Maybe, hey, hey, once you, you get more, become than, a third member. One, yeah, once you get more than like three fans listening in. Yeah, three audience members. Yeah. Yeah. Right now, we got one. One. Who, who's that? Uh, uh, we think it's Corinne. Corinne, our friend. <laughs> Corinne? Yeah, yeah, we think it's her. Oh, I got some stuff about Corinne. <laughs> oh, yeah? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, we'll save it for yeah, next Yeah, it's, it's at least episode. another three hours worth of shit right there. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you some stuff about her. <laughs> okay. I believe you. All right, Corinne, you're going to get listening. it. Yeah, <laughs> if you're listening out there, I, I can make some shit up pretty good. <laughs> it, it, well, it's most likely true. No, it's <laughs> <laughs> But uh, That's hilarious. I guess we'll just go ahead and wrap it up. 
call it a night. Okay. All right, man. All right. Thanks for having me over here. Yeah. So. Call Thank you Freeman. for coming. All right. All right. All right. See y'all. Bye. Bye. <laughs>